On episode 125 of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, we get into, well, we shuffled our staff. I think we got rid of some people. Then this clown named Jesse Ziegler came on and made us talk about racing. And you know how much we like racing. So we wasted at least an hour talking about the Dakar, which is going on right now. And I'd like to thank Yamaha, Takomoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, and Bulletproof Designs for bringing this show, which includes your favorite segment, Roost or Endo. And as always, we're looking for video submissions under two minutes. Make them interesting for Roost or Endo. So now here's the show. We. Yes, now. That's all you have to do is push two buttons, is what Matt says. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, everybody. My name is Jimmy Lewis. This is Jimmy Tyler. So Howdy, this is the show's Jimmy's. This is episode 125, if I got my math right, of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where we answer motorcycle and tile questions. Um, I can answer probably two out of 10 questions you asked me about how to tile your bathroom, because that's what I've been doing lately. Architectural and, door hardware, too. Oh, any architectural door hardware questions gotcha. will be answered tonight live on this show because we we aim to uh, please here. I don't know how long we're, we're believe it or not. We're actually live on uh, the Instagrams, too, for those that are like old like us. Kids are still on Instagram, right, Logan? Yeah. OK, good. Logan says Instagram's cool. Hopefully I got the camera angle right. Um, and uh, this show is brought to you by it would not be possible without. We have a lot of love for our sponsors. Uh, that is Yamaha, Takomoto, Scott Sports, DDC, Trail Tech, Bulletproof Designs. I think Bulletproof Designs is still on. I don't know. Trevor's got to work on that one. Costa Rica Unlimited. That's uh, the tours down in Costa Rica. And they're new. They just joined us. It's super awesome. And I'm pretty sure that after I negotiate a little bit more with my connection, we're going to have like some kind of really cool thing. If you if you go to Costa Rica Unlimited Tours and tell them you heard about it on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, you're going to get a little bonus. I'm in. You're in? That place sounds fun. Oh, it should be really fun. Yeah. It should be. It should be good. So um, Costa Rica Unlimited, if you want to go ride your uh, ride their dirt bike down in Costa Rica, uh, that's where you want to to go uh also coming on board real soon fast company makers of flex handlebars so um we got to negotiate that deal everybody wants to jump on board shows blowing up if you really want to support the show you know do you just as a regular viewer and stuff we don't have that um pay me on what do you call it pay pay me extra only fans only fans oh no i'm not on that either um we have, uh, let's see, we have, um, oh yeah, Rocky Mountain MC ATV. Uh, they uh, support us by, we have a, what do you call it? Um, a link through on our website. So if you go to dirtbiketest.com and click on one of the banner things there. And we also have the Amazon banner. So we're doing all little things to kind of make nickels and dimes flow this gen general direction so we can keep doing this show and provide you with um, mostly accurate motorcycle advice. We've got a special guest coming on the show if he decides to show up. 
yeah, um, be cool. via, via Zoom. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, the show could be even worse. Right, Logan? Yes. It was only two buttons is what they said. So we got a lot of uh, you handling the, the chat. Yeah. Okay. You're talking a lot more than you do when you're a co-host. Well, all I'm saying is yes. But yeah. When I'm a co-host, the rule is more than three words. He says, and, "Oh yes, uh, yes." And <laughs> we've we've quit picking on you for that. So okay, I'm going to let all you uh, Instagrammers go. Um, welcome to the. So we see those cameras. You have to go watch it because it's going to go from here to those cameras, and then we're done. We will uh, catch you on the other show. Oh yeah, if you ask questions, um, I guess you could DM Dirt Bike Test. Did that would that be the best way? On Instagram? How, what would be the best way, Logan, to, to get us on Instagrams? Instagram? Yeah. DM us the questions. Uh, or we should make a post. Trevor makes a post? Yeah. Ha- Trevor. Because Trevor has a question. Trevor, make a post on Instagram and then collect questions. Okay. That's all. Slide on That's it. how we're doing. Okay. See everybody on Instagram. We're done with that. Uh, I hope. How do I turn it off? And now. All I know how to do is I've got you in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at that. Like that doesn't require. Um, I think I can share that. I can share it right now and then write a caption um, question. Q U E S T I questions there. Return new post done. I don't know how to make this work. So this is why I don't do much social media, by the way. And Victor says, keep pushing Jimbo's buttons. <laughs> Thanks, Victor. Um, can you know, do you know how to work Instagram? I've made 10 posts in Here, two look, years. Turn this into a post. Make this into a post somehow. Great radio. <laughs> awesome show. Send. Yeah. Experience a pure. I can't even do a read now. Experience pure performance and exhilarating endos. No, that's what I do. Power with the full line of Yamaha YZ two-stroke bikes. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today to explore what's new for 2022. And if you do it right, you'll be riding a 2022 YZ125 like I have been. (laughs) I wish my shoulder did not hurt as much as it has been. This has been, uh, I actually have to take a couple days off every few days because you know, shoulders not doing too good. So, uh, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. So you're usually um, over in the in the hot seat over there with Bob in the green. See how he fell asleep without me there. Yeah, I know that's what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, you keep jo- jabbing him over there. But uh, Jimmy is Logan's dad, and we uh, decided to bring him on because Logan is over here now that Matt uh, flew the coop. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep this thing. We're, this is why this is gonna be a better show. I thought we should actually get a format now. Um, floor mat, a better floor I got mat. You a floor mat for Christmas. A floor mat. Yeah. Oh, you know my cat likes to dig its claws into that thing like crazy. She sneaks in here just to do that. Hmm. Actually, you hear it sounds like somebody's tearing a wall down, and the oh. cat's just on there clawing that, to town. that doormat. Um, DDC is a great sprockets uh, check out ddcracing.net if you want to get some spark sprockets another great sponsor of ours is takamoto and they are sponsoring our rooster endo segment and if you're not familiar with that it it's where you send us a picture of your bike and a description of what you've done to it or even better you give us a short two-minute video of your bike where you talk about the things you've done to it and then we will simply decide 
from afar, whether your bike roosts or endos. And the bike that we deem as our favorite pick gets a hundred dollar gift certificate from Takamoto, Takamoto, which is pretty awesome. So, uh, Submit those rooster endos. We have a big board up here above us. We have a whole board over there that hasn't been integrated into the board because my new producer is still trying to figure out how to work my phone. Did, oh, it's already up. It's up already. Yeah. You didn't get into my grinder account, did you? No. Okay. I don't want you to see any of my secrets. <laughs> so, okay. That's kind of like OnlyFans, Logan. Um, a little different. Mm. So welcome everybody to the show. Uh, we will get straight to the questions on the sheets. We're going to start with those ones. Is Jesse on yet? Has he called in? Not yet. He's hiding. We'll go straight to the questions on the sheets. We had a couple, couple good ones. So really you have to do that. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Shoosh. Actually, here's here's what here's here's what Logan said when when we said, hey, my dad could be on a co-host. And I'm like, OK. And he goes, just stick sponsor stickers to him. Run so DDC, there, baby. There we go. <laughs> you run DDC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to order some because I'm building some spare wheels. Order early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's supply chains <laughs> everywhere. Supply chains. Uh huh. And you can get a regular chain and a sprocket from DDC. So uh, go uh, ahead. First, what's our first question? Kevin, we vota. We vota. We vota. Kevin, we vota. We vodka too. KTM connecting rod question. 2017 250 XCW. The stock connecting rod has a cutout in the small end. The Pro X has two holes. Pro X piston, I assume. Yep. I know these are for lubrication purposes, but I'm wondering if one is better than the other. Thanks for the podcast, for, for the rad podcast and tech info. Thanks. P.S. Logan is doing a great job, but don't stop busting his balls. Kids nowadays don't get enough of that. I agree there, Kevin. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. So slot versus holes. Mm -hmm. um, and he's KTM 250? XCW. XCW. So is that... X no, that's a two-stroke. It's yeah. a two-stroke. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen a couple. Not a lot of people have two fifty XCWs, huh? More three hundred thing, huh? Yeah, there's 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 yeah. a fair amount out there. I remember the first year they brought them in. Well, it depend. There was it seemed like there was, but until it was fuel injection, everybody was on two fifties, and then and then they kind of switched. Yeah. Well, they they went back and forth. Yeah, but uh, that's a that's a good that's a good question. I I. It is for lubrication, and I think you have to start thinking about. Man, that's a that's a. I'd have to ask somebody that knows better than me. I wonder if Chris Real, he's a lubrication guy. God, <laughs> but engine building guys. I'm trying to think if there's if there would be an advantage between a hole and a slot when we're talking about because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get some of that, you know, the oil to collect up in there and and he's saying there was two holes yeah oh okay i know he's, i'm sorry I, so, I, I said pro so, x piston I, he was talking about pro x rod pro x rod a con rod so he's talking right about there. the small end he's talking about the small end small end yeah and i'm sitting there thinking okay all well, the ones on, i'm familiar have the slot on the oh really yeah isn't i've it? i've seen a lot more holes on the small end the the big end it's always a slot definitely and I'm starting to Maybe. wonder if there's if I'm there's to second guess that if there's some advantage to having 
I, I, I in all honesty, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. In fact, we just rebuilt um, our Yamaha YZ250FX with a lot of Pro X stuff. So we have um, we put a new a new connecting rod in there, you know, basically a rod kit pressed it in there and it had holes also. And I'm trying to remember what the stock one it may. The stock one also may have had a slot, but I'm pretty sure only had a single hole, not hmm. two. And that's why I'm kind of curious. I, I don't think I've ever seen one with two holes in it, but. This is yeah. a this is an interesting interesting question. I'm sure there might be somebody out there that knows more yeah. about this than I do, but I mean I'm just sitting there thinking like is would would a hole collect more lubricant than a slot, or how how it all kind of you know it might collect it, but it also I, I would guess a slot would collect it easier, but fling it easier too, right? So kind of yeah I. And you wonder why there's it's always a slot on the on the bigger on the big end. Always a slot and, there. And you think you think about how it's it's kind of it's kind of spinning around there. And if it was a hole with that thing spinning around that much distance, where the, the one on top is actually catching yeah, it's not. stuff. It's not, you know, it's that that gas is kind of swirling underneath the piston. When the piston comes down, it would it would yeah. get up underneath it and then it could fall into the okay. hole or the slot. I guess kind of the same. There's got to be somebody that knows more about this hmm. than I do. I, a good question. It's a good question. I yeah. wish I had a great answer for you. That's the 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 tenth question. That's why I can't answer it because <laughs> I I'd have to refer to. Yeah, we can. We can Google it, I guess. Nah. See if Logan were nah, sitting. We don't if do that. Logan were sitting there, he would be Googling it already. Would you have the answer already <laughs> to the question? He's he's going. What question? It's hard to do that stuff over there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Ah, San Felipe Bob, affectionately known as SFD around here. Logan, two stroke, one twenty five, two hundred, two fifty, or three hundred for a teenager doing hard enduro. I personally have not really tried recently the 200 or the 250 two strokes, but the 125 was not great because it was the KTM SX, but still did the job. So I would have to go with the KTM 300. That's the for a teenager. Yes. I'm going to disagree with you. Maybe a big teenager. 200, right? Because I, I, wa I watch him ride. The, I watch him ride the 300. Yeah, he's, and it's he's, it's a lot of bike for even. What do you weigh at now? What are you weighing? 130. 130 pounds. That thing's still kind of whipping him oh, around, yeah. and he, yeah. he is he's not hasn't muscled up into, no, his, into his body yet. And balls grow. It, up. it even. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> it even it, you know even. <sighs> those bikes even move me around. You know they 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 jack me around, but. I think the 200 is the perfect bike for this. And here's here's the reason. Because it has the lightweight and the nimble feel of the two-stroke of the 125. And, and then it has enough torque for someone that's under 150 pounds where there's plenty of torque in that motorcycle to get the job done. And it doesn't have too much power to get you in trouble. Because when you listen to it, to Logan ride his 300 that he loves so much. He never, he never turns the throttle far enough to make it make more than 200 power. True. At true, true, yeah. Sure. It, he's getting more torque here, here and there, but more yeah, torque for the most part. No, 
Yeah. No, well, maybe when he goes down a road, but the question was for extreme enduro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then and then and then that extra few pounds that you're going to save might make a little bit of a difference when things start tipping over. But usually when things start tipping over, that's when people like usually add a little bit too much power into the equation. And so then the bike starts feeling a lot heavier than it actually physically weighs. Mm. So that's what 200s were, were for. That's why right. they were such a great displacement because uh, they they do that. And, and just seems like two strokes are working a little bit better at Extreme Enduro these days. So who's left making them new? Beta. Beta, beta. that's it? Yeah, Beta. Sherco and those guys don't make them or? I don't know if there's a Sherco 200. I don't 200. think there is, but yeah. I think just Beta. Yeah, so Beta has New Beta, thing. old KTM. New beta. New, New beta. beta is really good. I agree. And, and Bob's a beta guy now. Yeah, Bob's a beta. I, you know, he has a I kinda, beta 300. Kind of chopped Bob's question off here. Oh, well, I, I can I, only answer one at a time, and he seems to spit them oh, out. Oh, is like, that what that? Okay, yeah. yeah another question. It. I'm the new guy, Bob. So, Have you guys thrown the gauntlet, the Kenda gauntlet? They performed perfectly in wet desert soil, testing in Arizona this weekend. So, yeah, the gauntlet is their extreme enduro tire. It's like a gummy. It's a gummy. Called a gummy washoodle is kind of what the tread pattern is, I think. It's mm-hmm. a little bit di- actually it's kind of like a cross between a Parker and a Washougal. Um I've I've run it and believe it or not I actually prefer the equilibrium. And that's probably because I probably have more throttle control than most people and it's like a trials tire but it's got wider spacing but when you get a tire that has a lot of footprint, a lot of knobs spinning it tends to want to keep spinning. It doesn't want to grab where a tire, which, which like the gauntlet, which has a, has a big block and a tall knobby. Those are like, you know, teeth or more like a, like a paddle and they will reach and grab for stuff. And which I don't think is a good thing when it's spinning, but when it's spinning, it will grab a little bit better than, than the equilibrium. But yeah, I've, I've tried it. And the bike, I put it, I put it, <laughs> I put it on my Husaberg and it didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the Berg uh, power exceeded yeah. the, uh, you exceeded didn't have the, enough throttle control for that. No, I didn't have enough throttle control on it. Well, the problem was it, did, it was like, it was like did the wet, grin kind of get the best of you. It was in the wet, it was in wet dirt and it was okay when we were in the sand, but we went on some more, more rocky trails and I just shredded that thing. I just, yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it was kind of funny because we, we were riding the sand washes. Everything's awesome. I'm just like just drawing art all over the sand wash. And then we went in the Rocky Trails and the thing works really good. I mean, it hooks up and goes. And I went in the sand wash and I'm like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> Nothing left. <laughs> yeah, there was a substantial number of knobs no longer yeah. uh, the thing. By the way, Kenda does help out Jimmy Lewis off-road training. So um, always be aware of that when I start talking about tires. I use uh, quite a bit of Kenda tires. I endorse Kenda tires. They're all really good. I generally run the Parkers and the uh, Equilibrium in the rear. Just uh, for your FYI, in case you're wondering my personal tire of choice. And you can also join us at... Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Training. We have a couple openings in the class this weekend. So if you want to become a better rider, just by by next Monday, by one week from today, and then another day, you can be a better rider for sure. Uh, check out www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. And uh, is Jesse called in or did he ditch us? I don't know. He was told to come in at 7.15 
All right. What time is it now? 7:20. He's late. It'd be typical. Oh, he's kind of like a he's kind of like a he's in the waiting room and you you were you were leaving him there. <laughs> New guy. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's get, you bring him into the show and 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 Jimmy will ask me another question. Okay. From Tom Kopeck. Okay, skip, skip that question. Go to the okay, next one because that. that's a good question for Trevor Hunter guy. Never heard of him. Never heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much gas is too much gas when racing in the desert? Oh, no. Did you hear about this? I, I heard him post that he can't wait for electric bikes come along, and I didn't quite get to get, but oh. now I do. I saw his post where he said uh, e-bikes can't come soon enough for electric motorcycles. Why? Not because that, I, no, I think he's. I think his joke there was he was hoping everybody else would run out too. His partner, his partner, like I think, is is likes to use a lot of gas and a lot of tires and a lot of makes a lot of dust. Uh, and so they they managed in set where they they were probably the only people to run out of gas in that section, right? Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get the. Full I actually report. didn't know he ran out of gas. Till I was now, I was going to make a joke. I had I had a a, a thing here that said. Uh, um, I don't even know what it said, but I made a joke about Trevor, but he answered, he answered his own question. <laughs> oh, cause he sent me, he sent me a picture of a, of a plugged fuel injector. Cause he calls me all the time. He's like, Hey Jimmy, this bike's doing this. I'm like, uh, so few, is it spark or is it gas? Okay. It's gas. Well, we're this and that. And he asked and I go, it's the fuel injectors plug, you know, a week later he goes, yeah, I switched the fuel injector and it runs fine now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, go give it to your partner and see if you can run out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. That anyways, was, that's a way to say Jesse Ziegler. Welcome to tech talk taco Tuesday. We only have hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Why do we only get your voice? Uh, I don't know. My camera's on it. You know, you're, yeah, you're, it's, yeah, it's something to do with my producer. He's um, new. Okay. I had the same problem with my podcast show. Do you guys do any cameras on yours? No, that sounds too complicated. You should do, you should do on Dakar, the Dakar Daily Show, which is Jesse. Dakar Rally Daily. Dakar Rally show. Daily. That isn't on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. It's the best show that's mm -hmm. not on that time. Okay, good. At least we're still better. My <laughs> podcast is better than your podcast. Uh, I need I need to get on this program because this is way easier than waking up at four thirty in the morning. I can see you on on the other screen, so you've got a nice background. It's almost as good as ours. It looked it looked professional, so we should try to get that up there. Or you're gonna if you do it, you're gonna break the whole show, right, Logan? No, nope, I got it. You got it fixed. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh look uh, at that. That's uh, that's a ten foot banner, and that is the only part of my garage that's clean. Is ten feet in the corner. <laughs> I started. I well, that was my second itineration of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It was me in my garage, but I didn't even have a banner. I actually, and I really struggled to find that clean section. But it's I think just a, it's fake. The rest of it's a shit show. <laughs> well, hey, uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, Jesse. Uh, again, the Honor Dakar Daily Dakar Rally Daily podcast. And if you yep. are not listening to this every day, you need to go subscribe to it. It's brought to you by Climb. Uh, yeah, it is, Jesse. You probably don't know this, but I wear Climb gear all the time, and I mostly wear Climb Dakar gear. So it's funny how that segue just transfers funny. right in. It's funny how this keeps going on. It's my favorite Climb gear too. By far. <laughs> yeah. I don't even so, know why I bother to make another gear. We we are down the home stretch for probably it could be one of the most exciting Dakars in history. 
as far as not knowing what's going to happen, having so many guys so close together with just three days to go. And I can only imagine it's going to be a, a, I think you, you said it just a moment ago, a shit show. It, it is going to be, it's going to be dramatic. That's for sure. Um, as much as you can predict Dakar rally racing, as you know, very well, um, there's some stuff shaking out for a perfect storm for some shenanigans to happen. But, um, like you said, I think the top six are all within 10 minutes of each other with two really big days to go big days, like 750 K tomorrow today, right now that they're starting on. Yeah. They're, I, I clicked on the, uh, clicked on the map and they're riding a liaison, you know, <laughs> while we're, while yeah. we're doing this jank. They started at 4am Saudi time this morning, 4am. They got on the bikes. I think they set their alarms at two thirty to get all geared up, take off on the highway for a nice, you know, couple hundred mile ride before they have to start their race day, <laughs> which and is crazy because it's the eleventh, the tenth day in a row they've been doing that. Yeah, it's. I don't remember. Like I remember long liaisons when I was doing it. When you know, when you were in Europe, you rode like literally. You rode all day long. You rode from here to San Francisco you know, some sort of eight, yeah. nine hour ride with a 45 minute at the most special. Actually, most of them were like 10 minutes, 10 or 15. They're kind of just for show, not really yeah. for anything else. And the, and I know in South America, the liaisons and stuff were just getting out of control. It was, yeah, that th- they, they were having so much liaison and so little racing. And it's good to see them bringing a lot of stages, racing stages back. I don't, I don't really know how populated Saudi is, but um, it is kind of a shame. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've got a question for you. It is like how, you know, how to make the Dakar rally better or how to solve some of the problems. And we'll, we'll get into this because I think uh, a lot of people would like to hear this on this show. And then, and then you can steal my idea. And then you can put it on, yeah. on your, on your show. And cause you have an expert you have, it for a long time. Yeah. You have Quinn Cody on your show who definitely handles the expert duties quite well. And, you know, makes you look, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I'll bring people that are smarter than me on my show. And I started my show with someone who is smarter than me too. That's good. He's, he's a great resource. Quinn can, uh, Quinn can really relate like to a, without the BS, uh, you know, fantasy, forum warrior spirit that I have about the rally, you can cut right through that and be like, yeah, that's never going to happen. Like nobody's thinking that like, that's not going to happen. You're out. You're, you're stupid. Like right away, because he knows like the reality boots on the ground, sort of uh, things that are going on. And I'm just out here at fantasy land, like always like, Oh, what did he do that? Did he slow down on purpose today? And he's like, no, there's only one person that slowed down on purpose this race. And that was Daniel Sanders. Nobody else is doing that on purpose. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. That makes sense. So he always checks me. So he's like the good, you know, check system for my I, uh, alternative I, reality. I think there's, I don't know, but I think there's a little more, uh, nah, you know, no, stra- I think there's a little more strategy going on than you're seeing on the surface. And I, and, I but yeah, there is definitely. And, and I don't think it's, I, but the thing is, it's so hard for the riders to do because they like, you know, you listen to any of them, a lot of them are riding all day by themselves and they're, yeah. they're not, you, you know, and the only time they really have to gauge this is when they come into the fuel stop 
Right. It's the, it's the only time you can, unless you get passed, unless you're getting passed by a few guys and you can say, okay, I've, I've slowed down this much. And there's, there's ways to kind of do some quick percentages, but uh, anyways, uh, what is, um, what is uh, Tom Copelli? Co, Coe, Coe, pay, copy, copy. What's Tom's question, Jimmy? Will the rally net? Yeah. Kopke, actually, guys. Kopke? Kopke. I can't see that. That's not my my, my bad comment. You're you're, you're clear. (laughs) Will the rally navigator software work well to pilot out of fire trail routes in northern Wisconsin? Will it work well with the Trail Tech Voyager Pro and the highlight the predetermined route? Or will a small tablet be better? If a if a tablet, what's the best way to mount them? So so Jesse, on on this show, we uh, we answer the questions with the uh, authority of experts. So <laughs> I I, I thought I'd, I thought you know since Rally Navigator is a sponsor of your show, uh, I thought that they you are. would be able to answer that question. Um, yeah, better so than better than me. I think, I think what Rally Navigator would do for you the best is um, a it's a very good mapping tool whether or not you're going to do a rally or not, whether or not you're going to make a road book. It's very good at allowing you to draw a line where you want to go riding or you think you want to go riding and then exporting either a road book for that or even just a GPX file. It'll make you a route. So if you exported a GPX or any of the other GPS style files out of Rally Navigator, you could load them into your Trail Tech Voyager and you could follow them around you know, as the little triangle following the line like you're driving a car. You could do that. Um, but what I would recommend is making a roadbook out of it and then trying to navigate through your route with the roadbook instructions. And you can do that with their free software that you can just put on your phone. You don't need a fancy tablet if you just want to try it. You can actually on, on most tablets, the, that app works on the tablets as well. Sure. So. Yeah. If you didn't want to go out and buy something new, you probably already have a phone. Just download their um, you're trying navigator. to turn You're trying to turn this guy into a rally guy. I he just wants. He just wants to follow a track. So <laughs> cool! You have to try it because when you ride that way and you get experience, like thinking about where you're going to turn instead of just following a line and an arrow, your experience on the motorcycle or whatever you're in is totally different. It's a totally different experience, and you start really being engaged in the whole ride. I did a couple roadbooks with Quinn a couple years ago, and I got back and I said, "I don't know where I was today." But I was having fun the whole time. I have no idea where I rode today. No idea. You, you, all I know you, is I started at the truck. I rode all day and I got back to the truck. You rode out at the Black Mountain Ranch, right? That's where you did we this, did that right? One. Yeah, we did that day. And 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 the funny thing is, is that's a horrible place to ride, just in general. Yeah, I mean, we just like needed it's, that it's, good base camp. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's not the, it's not the best as far as the riding goes. But when and right. you're, you're preaching to the choir here with like road books, you could actually yeah. ride someplace. And he said he said Wisconsin, you know, roads and uh-huh. I'm in northern Wisconsin, and I'm just going. I don't really know about the riding there, but okay, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But I've I've heard guys yeah. that are in horrible areas say they started doing road books and it made their riding fun again because they were kind of burnt out on, on their areas. But anyways, it will work. Rally Navigator will work anywhere in the world because it's based yep. off of, it uses, uh, well, I, I don't know what they're using on the, on the current version. Cause it, it did you guys, did you guys drop the hints about RN2? I didn't, I didn't yet. I didn't get some information. Yeah. Yeah, Mike so about it. So, so they are so doing some updates to the software, and I'm sure you're working on their beta version heavily. 
to yes to update for, for, for the last year we've been using a newer make one so man right because i you saw me try to you <laughs> saw you should have seen me try to go on instagram uh, for the beginning of the show and i mean i see i see kids go on instagram and if the kids can do it well i should be able to do it but anyway so the new there's there's the the new desk it'll be a desktop version as opposed to online based version but so wherever it's using you know whether it's using google earth like the current rally navigator or um using something like mapbox which is what the the new one um uses which is another uh you know mapping software anywhere that that software works anywhere that software works um you know anywhere you can get an image of the earth then you can do rally routes i could i could right now I could go and make a rally route in Saudi Arabia right now, of all things. Hey, yeah. you know, you know, you know how good this show is, Jesse. Just want you know how how good of a guest you are right now. You have put uh, Mojave Bob to sleep. He's, you put you put him. <laughs> no, you, he's he's over he's over there snoring with his mask on because you know he doesn't want to give Logan COVID. Like like he you know how how do I know what you talked about before I got there that put Bob to sleep. <laughs> Well, uh, we, that's a good, you, you couldn't hear everything that we were talking about on the show when we got started. I was in the dark. You should have woke Bob up and said, Jesse's coming on the show. He'd have been like, I'm here for that. Just dozing off over there. It's it's the most exciting thing that he does all week and he comes here and falls asleep. It's amazing. So, so anyways, you can, yeah, you can export out the GPX files. You can put them on your trail tech Voyager pro trail tech is a sponsor of this show. The Voyager Pro, check out the new aluminum docks for your Voyager Pro, because if you want a little more robust, if you're really doing some off-road riding and you want to make sure that Voyager Pro easily comes on and off your motorcycle and stays there when it's on there and stays connected with power, check out the uh, new Voyager Pro docks from Trailtech. Look what I found in the corner of my clean garage. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's a nice Trailtech. I have a, I, we, we use those on our tours, which you're familiar with. You've been on a tour with Johnny China Campbell. It has my name on it. Oh, <laughs> exactly. No, it's mine. <laughs> that's good. Cause if you would have left around here, somebody would have stole it for, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that's why I want it. But I think, I think to get back to Tom's point of trying to use rally navigator. Yeah. You can use it for anything you want to do anytime you want to make a route anywhere, but yeah. Do Great yourself software. a favor and make a road book. Out of just hit export P- roadbook PDF at the end of the process, download their viewing app to view it on your phone or a tablet, find a way to mount it on your bike just to try it and go out and see what it's like to navigate on a road yeah. navigation. Totally, totally agreed. It's a great first step. And, and uh, it'll just, like I said, make the, make the riding even more fun. And then you and your buddies can go out and do rides. And that's what I was going to say next is make sure share. your buddy ride it, but don't tell them what it is. Just say, here, you're riding this. Go. <laughs> and then follow behind them and laugh at it when they make all the wrong turns. <laughs> right. It is. It's a little bit more difficult than you would uh, think. So, okay. Back to, back to the Dakar. Your show gets uploaded about nine o'clock every morning uh, God, I really, during the rally. I try. You try? <laughs> I really try. I try to get it out the door by nine. We record for about hour and a half, two hours, depending on when people call in or who's available, because we're calling these guys in the bivouac in Saudi 11 hours ahead of us. So they're usually winding down by the time we get to the studio. And whether they had a good day or a bad day, or if they've been beat down or worn out from liaisons, or you know they're bummed out from losing time, we're kind of cautious about 
who we reach out to and call and we don't want to burn any bridges because we want to, you know, keep them talking to us. So sometimes we got to be a little later, but we try by nine to get everything done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's a, that's amazing technology the way that it yes. works. I mean, when I was, when I was over there, my dad would wait for like a fax to come okay. from, from someone that was getting the information in France, you know, you know, they would, yeah. and they would, they would like somehow be able to fax some results. And I think That's cool. on my, on my, even in 2000, I think I called home to talk to my wife, like two times, maybe, <laughs> maybe three. Like a satellite phone? Yeah. It was a satellite phone. It had to be. Or, or yeah, it was a, it was a satellite. It was a yeah. It, it had to be a satellite phone because there was there was no other yeah, way. To, there was no cell towers in Africa back then. I mean, but, we've used uh, we've gone through the gamut of messaging platforms. When Skylar was still in the race, we were, I was I'd send him a WhatsApp message, and then I would try to call him on WhatsApp, and WhatsApp wouldn't work. It'd be like blocked by the Saudi government, you know, internet tent, whatever they put up over their country, and then I. Send him a, I just call him FaceTime audio and FaceTime audio would just totally not work. And they're like, no, all Apple devices are banned by the prince or something. And then I would send him another call and he's like, he's like, try a Facebook messenger call. And I'm like, okay, I'll try that. And I did it. And it was like crystal clear. And that's the episode where um, he's standing there and he's like, oh, hey, Mason's here. And he's talking to Mason. So we're having a Mason Klein, Skylar Howes interview. And then he's like, hey, Matthias Wachner just walked by. You want to talk to him too? Sure. So then all three of them were talking to us on this Facebook audio messenger call. And I'm like, I'm glad this is working out. And it's all pumping into my computer and then somehow recording at the same time. But it was like, it's a crapshoot every time. We never know if it's going to work. You're like, no, maybe a phone call works. Like we called Johnny Campbell today and we just called his regular phone number and it worked. Yeah, it's, but yeah, the technology and even just like you talked about earlier, how, how Quinn can just kind of like look and see what the keyboard warriors are saying and all this conspiracy yeah. theory and the stuff like that. I, I, I don't even, I don't even like to look at it because it just, it, it, yeah. it, I don't it it makes me angry. I I mean, it's like, it's, you know, I understand these guys are fans and it's, it's great. And then it's great that there's enthusiasm, but I like, look at this stuff. I'm like, how do you, what, where, where'd you get that idea? It's like, just so it's so foreign. And so again, you know, I, I, the race doesn't really need any help being dramatic. It doesn't need more drama than sorry. No, no, we're going into the most unpredictable two weeks of racing anywhere in the world, like nothing is as complicated and as gnarly as this race, plain and simple. And like, you can't predict what's going to happen for so long. You can only just kind of react to what is happening. And then now we get to the point where there's real cards on the table and now you can start guessing, but literally like the shit show could happen tomorrow. And, you know, Matthias Wagner and Samson could lose an hour again. Yeah. It, 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 it wouldn't take much. I, uh, so I'll, I'll tell you my, you know, so like my conspiracy theory or whatever, you know, like, I think I talked about it when you guys had me on, I can believe it was on rest day. And I, I yeah. said that, that, that I don't like it when you hear guys using the words guess and luck when they're talking yeah. about how their, how their day went. And I think yeah. especially on the, way I got lucky. I, I, I'm pretty sure on the first day that, 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 that the note that really tripped everybody up and that little thing yeah. that they're, like I said, they've, they've gone past tricky and they've made it so that it's 
you're going to have to guess. You're going to have to do all the navigation and guess. And don't get me wrong that there's some of these guys that are that are literally that's how they navigate. They kind of guess a lot. And then a lot of times they have tracks to follow. And some of the notes now and you've seen pictures of these what we'll call double and triple notes with very complex yeah. looking pictures. And when you when you learn how to look at that and how to take the important stuff out, filter it down into doing something, there's people would say, well, I, you know, some people would just kind of guess at that note, but a really good navigator would know exactly what to do. And if you did exactly what you're supposed to do, you would come out and then the next note would magically appear, not magically. It would appear because it's supposed to, because you did the right thing. But now you do, you do the note just like the notes supposed to be done. And then you, you don't know whether it's right. And then, it gets so it's I think they've gone I think they went a little overboard. I wouldn't be surprised if after that happened that they kind of took a second look at some of the road books, you know, in in and and like I, I'd heard there was multiple guys making the road books and maybe it was a certain guy and yeah. that was his style. And you know, to be vague, because I know there's I know that there's one of the map book guys is very, very vague. <laughs> he, he purposely, you know, cause he yeah. thinks the navigation should be a lot, lot harder, but at some point you still can't guess. So I'm thinking that they might've gone through the road books and had a second <clears throat> look at some of them and then updated, uh, updated them. So they don't have this. The, yeah, the next yeah. thing. Yeah. And the next thing being said is that I know a lot of the riders and teams are paying real close attention to the descriptions of the course. And then, and then the, the checkpoint times that are provided, like when they, when the opening and closing of the checkpoints is so to, to guess the speed average as well yeah. as the description. And then when the, when the organization says, Hey, this is going to be a really tricky day. Like yesterday was, it may have been a really tricky day and they kind of had to fix it. Or are they just making that kind of a guess too? It seems to be inconsistent. Today's stage was supposed to have really tricky navigation. They 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 set everybody up to go into it nervously. Um, so the guys that were leading out really kind of got spooked a little bit. Like Sunderland won the day before, came in today leading, and he was he was pretty nervous about it. You could hear in his quotes that he was like, "Ah, my but the good news is I want a stage. The bad news is you know I got to pay for it tomorrow." But it ended up being a Pretty what, easy. What, what was his What was his swing like? Four, 14 minutes. Uh, that, today he lost not not that much, honestly. Because it, it uh, seems like it's it seems score. like the normal the normal swing is to to me it seems like it's between like a fifteen at a minimum would be the minimum you're going to lose, and twenty five would be and twenty five would be the average. It was, if, but just twenty eighteen yesterday. Or I should say, yeah, the day before yesterday and yesterday stage because they're racing now. Um, it was that way until then. Now it was only eight minutes yesterday. So oh, Sam, wow. Sam, Sam was leading yesterday, and he didn't finish very. He finished thirteenth today, but he only dropped eight minutes. So it, it really the whole race has gone like big gaps. Now they're just going oh, sucking down. Like yeah, and you get thirteenth and only lose eight minutes right now, and you're in first or second place still in the general classification, which he is. He's in a, he's in a sweet spot. Um, yeah. But I mean, you say that and then there's 700 K riding they have to do today. Like so much shit can go wrong today. <laughs> yeah. And the, so, and so, so they, you look at kind of like the swing in times and if they said yeah. difficult navigation, I would expect the loss in time to be more around the, the 20, 
25 right. minute 20 you know higher higher than 20 and then yeah. so who knows maybe they're maybe they're just playing with it uh so so uh who's your maybe who's your who's your pick who's your pick jesse i know you guys do this on your show we're gonna there's do a, yeah we do a lot of pickings there's a couple guys that are in really good spots so there's two there's sort of two waves right now as you say on the on the on the flop basically for people that are leading one day and then they have to lead out the next day right so really kevin benavides and um he's kind of like in that middle zone he did uh, a really good job today um he's got a little bit of time to make up he's got like 10 minutes to make up to get into the overall ranking he's kind of but, on but like bubble. like you say if this if this flop is is usually yeah 20 minutes, 10 minutes is nothing. So anybody that's yeah. kind of within that, that 10 minute range, but it's sort of the way Maybe I look at it now, it's, it's, it's like, which, right. And which side, what day are you on? Like, like, are we going to have a race on the last day? Is, is there enough time to be made up on the last day? Cause they've, they've yes. even said that the last day is supposed to be tricky navigation. So, yeah. so like that, 130 K. So, so look at this, like in the general rankings. So the top six guys, are within 10 minutes of each other. The top yes. four guys are in four minutes of each other. So they're that all doesn't, tied. That doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't even count. Like so four, if you think four of that, minutes. And then the swing, like on the outside of that swing is 10 minutes away. So you're like, well, these guys are, these guys are crushing it. So then you have to start looking at where they finish today and where they start tomorrow. Right. Cause really the, the timing is kind of tied. So now you're racing for a win almost at the end of the stage. Because if you can gain 15 minutes and there's only four minutes separating the top four, you're going to be quite a bit ahead. Adrian so, Van Beveren. Yeah. He's in a really good spot. French rider. French he's in a team. Spot because he's in the <laughs> middle. He doesn't have to decide when he's going to race for the win yet. He yeah. can hang yeah. out. He can uh, ride fifth, so, place, fifth place and then he can hammer on the final stage. Yeah, I think I think he's sitting in a in a really good spot. But I just really said I said two my two uh <laughs> they they've got they they they've got really sharp people on that team. You know, I know I know yeah. a few people on that team and they they've got a long history and um um my old teammate Andrea Meyer Peter Hansel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrea, uh, you know, knows a thing or two about the rally. Her husband knows an awful lot about the rally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's Short mentioned her in our interview. He, he yeah. was really happy that she was on the team this year. You could tell that she was a big asset to the team. Yeah. She knows what's going on and, and just, you know, as a competitor, as, as a, you know, being able to manage a team and understand all that stuff, but like that, that just that team is sitting in a, in a very good spot, especially after such a disastrous last year. And, yeah. um, and then, and then a lot of like what I hear on your, your guys' podcasts, I can listen to the writer's voices. And, yep. and there's a few guys, you know, Kevin Benavides is one of them. It's very upbeat. Um, yep. uh, Adrian sounds pretty good when you hear his interviews and things, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I really wish it's going to cool. you know, be a big fight between those Yamaha and KTM guys. Um, and Sam has obviously been in control for a lot of the race and he's got two stage wins now. So Sam's got the potential to, get in front and stay in front as well. I wouldn't yeah. definitely count him out. So really, I mean, you look at the top four and then you add in, you know, Benavides, who's just outside the top five. It's probably going to be one of those guys or 
you know, John Breda somehow freaking wins the rally finally. Yeah, that would be yeah. Uh, he's only he's only ten minutes out. He's eleven. Hey, minutes. if if you wanted it, if you wanted it, yeah, if you wanted to throw in the send it card, <laughs> that, yeah. would, that that guy has has so much send it potential. It's not even it's yeah, not exactly. even funny. Uh, you know, so yeah, in, in talking, we talked to we talked to Ricky and Nacho today in the motorhome, and it was kind of the first day after Nacho's won. You know, two stages in the last three. And you can really feel that they're upbeat and they're kind of happy about where they're at, even though Ricky's still 35 minutes back. Um, you know, Nacho's 32 minutes back. They know where they're at and what they're doing. And I think they're just going to go out there and start just keep hammering down as much as they can. But they sound better, like you were saying. They sound like, you know, they're confident in where their team is and where they are in the yeah. race. You know what happened earlier? They've left it behind them now. They're just hammering out. Oh, so they haven't left it behind. Hey, they're pissed. <laughs> they're not. That's, they're pissed. They're, they're pissed. pissed. Oh, Ricky was so mad at the rest dude. He was yeah. so mad, as as he should be for sure. Right. It's it's you know I you work all that you work so hard and then something like that just goes so quickly. But hey, eh, it's the it's rally life. Um. It's so car. Anyway, car. So you're on all the different podcasting apps. You can find Yep, you can find it anywhere uh that I know of that you can listen to the podcast. You can just search for it um in a browser or in any of your podcast apps and you can listen to it. Um we also have a page up on Cycle News. You know, there's a recurring story we update all the time, so you can listen to them on there too. There's players embedded there. We got an Instagram page, Dakar underscore rally underscore daily that we post updates there and links sometimes. So it's pretty awesome. easy to find the show. Yeah. So Fun yeah, times. go through go through cyclenews.com and uh, find it there. Make it easy for you guys and uh, um, send Jesse some questions. Ask yes, Quinn the, the really technical questions. And uh, you can ask me, but I'm just going to ask Quinn anyway what the answer is. Right. And uh, we will uh, we'll keep it. Tight. Hey, I I got a couple. So so here's here's the thing. How how do you how do you fix the Dakar rally or is it broken? I mean, you, you, the, the funny thing is you, you ask, you know, you, you couldn't have set it up to be better. And I, I just like go back and think of all the things that they've done, you know, getting rid of twin cylinder bikes, which yeah, yeah. For, for me, I just like you guys, that's so stupid. But because um, yeah. I, I really loved riding a twin cylinder bike and then, you know, just all the things they do and then, you know, switching to 450s and it's like ah, 450s aren't yeah. rally bikes it, and, and they're not, it's like they're rally bikes for girls. And I, I, I will go on record as saying this. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> it's like a rally bike, only slower. Come on. It's but bike but they, they, they've done all this. So, so, so they did that and way back then when to get more manufacturers involved. And now look at it. There's, there's, yeah. you know, KTM has three manufacturers, but there's, there's like six or seven manufacturers in there now that are in there put, fielding competitive bikes, fielding teams, making it so there's rides available. Um, it, they're, they're doing lots of cool things. I know one of the struggles they're having is to try to slow, slow the racers down. And, yeah. you know, you hear about restrictor plates, which is stupid. And just, I'll just say what I think. Um, you hear about speed Good. limits, which is stupid because these yeah. two things are going to get people hurt. Um, yeah. because when you're paying attention, when you're going 150 kilometers an hour and you're paying attention to going 150 kilometers, cause something's beeping at you or you don't want to get a penalty. You're not paying attention like you should be when you're going 150 kilometers an hour. And that's not slow, but it's where they want to set the kind of the speed limit at. And so I think that's something restrictor plates, just wreck throttle response. And so when something starts going wrong, 
uh, you're going to have a bike that's not going to respond and that's how you fix a problem. So those two ideas should just be thrown off the table, but I think they're a little bit too far along to do it. And then the yeah, other thing I is... Admit, but I think you're right about the, the, the restriction rule or the speed rule. It's written. And um, I think everybody signed some petitions or notifications if they're against it as far as the riders go. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you need if you need more than 150 kilometers of speed to get you out of the situation and your bike just simply won't do it, you're going to have to go slower all day so you have that reserve and you're going to be risking yeah, it's, the time. It's those not, guys aren't going to slow down. They're yeah, not, it's not gonna, no, no, it's it's racing. They're not going to slow down. And the quads currently have a speed limit, but the quads will barely go, barely go that fast to begin with. So this is yeah. kind of a self-regulating thing. But so so, and then the other the other problem is this this big swing in. You know, when you win a stage, the penalty you pay, you know, coming back in the next day. And so I, I don't like to just bitch and complain. I like to offer solutions. And I think that the solution to all of this stuff is somehow working on the way that they're starting the bikes, the starting order mm-hmm. of the bikes. So maybe, you know, and they, they've, they've tried a couple of these things in the past and I, I'm not sure why they've gone away, but. I, I always liked mass starts. I've always said this. I'm a big yeah. fan of the of the mass start starting line. It's great for the it's great for the TV. It's great for video. You get riders riding in packs. Then you can make the navigation ridiculously tricky. Because yeah. then all of a sudden when when you when this guessing starts going on, or maybe you kind of have to guess if they want to make the navigation that tricky, a smart guy can kind of sit back. You know, and maybe a guy that wants to take a risk can take a risk and really, really go for it. I don't know if that would that would fix it, meaning that I don't know either. The, the most skilled guy wouldn't do it. But then also maybe the, the, they used to allow the winner to pick his start position. Like, where would you like to start in the order? You know, and out of the top 10 or the top 15, they've and maybe even bringing the start times closer together again. You know, so it's like one minute interval. So so there is yeah. some packing up and i i think you know that could be explored a little bit and i agree i agree i think that um uh shuffling up the start or maybe maybe not a full mass start of the top 20 guys but maybe it's three or four at a time maybe you're alternating you know first and fifth and second and fourth and third and sixth or something like that and everybody's still racing against the same clock so you have some sorted system that start order gets mixed up because right now it is literally a penalty to win a day later and it's not just five or ten minutes it's been 20 30 minutes last year we had six guys that were 20 minutes ahead every day then the next day it was six other guys lost that time and it was just like annoying to watch almost because you're like what's going to happen next i know that the mass start uh rule in the rule book is Basically, anybody that organizes an event should never do a mass start. That's how it reads in the rule book right now. <laughs> <laughs> it says yeah. we don't recommend that. Yeah, yeah I think that, I know they had some problems with it in the in the cars. They had some real big problems with it, and <laughs> and it does tend it does tend to create chaos, you know. Yeah. But, I, but I, I think there's something there. Um, I like. I, I like asked them. Ricky today. I was like, "Hey, are you going to get up with Nacho, and you guys going to be able to work tomorrow?" And he's like, "I probably won't see him." He's like, "Yeah, six minutes." Yeah, it's yeah, exactly six minutes, and then you know the three minute gap. He starts six minutes ahead of me. If I catch him, he probably had a problem, and then I mean maybe I'll see him at gas fueling, but yeah, and I think I'll see him. Yeah, that's about it. So anyhow, if if Nacho's leaving and Ricky isn't going to see him all day, then you're limiting you know some tactical plays there. But I think there are some positives in the rally right now. 
I mean, if you look at Mason, like Mason's kind of an example of the future of rally sport in a lot of people's minds. And Zach Osborne was on our show today because he's a really big rally fan. Yeah. He knows what we're talking about. Like he's really smart about it. I was really surprised. He was like, I want to talk about Mason because he's a kid that saw rally when he was young, started racing. He said, that's what I want to do. And he has been a rally racer first. And he's probably going to inspire more kids that are you know, starting in desert racing to do that. And I think if the Dakar organization sees that, they're like, this is what we need. We need people that want to just do this, not do this as their second career after racing off-road or racing moto or doing something like that. We need people that want rally as their first career. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, gets, it gets, it gets, it, 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 as far as a motorsport, it gets exposed, at least the Dakar, the Dakar gets exposure. You can, you can make a living if you're good at doing Dakar, doing one, essentially one race a year. It's like the Tour de France. Yeah. I mean, are there any other bicycle races in the world? No. Just one, yeah. you know, and then that's sort of the way that the, the Dakar is, although there is a whole, you know, world rally series and they're really trying, you know, now that ASO owns that, they're trying to bring that a little bit more to the forefront. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff, cool yeah, kind of stuff going on, going in. So, so anyways, exciting. No, that, that shows some good stuff, but I, you're right. I don't know if it's broken or not, but it, it was on day one. Yeah. Me. Exciting, <laughs> exciting times. we got a, you know, like I said, four or three, four, four more days. Uh, I don't remember now. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's three or four. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. So if you want to keep up on it, you can yep. listen to the guy doing limericks on TV when he talks about the uh, talks about the races. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. It. Are you are you are you writing for that, Jesse? Because it seems kind of like it's got a little bit of your writing style. No, nope, I'm not into poems. You're, you're not not into the poems. Yeah, nope. uh, I'm into you know, uh, uh, sarcasm and uh, snarkism. Snarkism. Yeah. Well, you, you single-handedly destroyed Dirt Rider magazine. Look where that's at now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so it would have been so much better if you just would have kept doing my job for me and I could have just <laughs> been, been whatever I was at that thing. So, uh, awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, again, yeah, thanks, uh, say hi to, say hi to Quinn, the crusher, tell Good the crusher, you know, when they when they really want bikes crushed, call me. <laughs> do. And and uh, and uh, we'll see you in the uh, in the near future. Maybe out on a road book. I hope so. I've got the itch again, man. I'm Jonesing. I want to go ride some rally routes. Yeah, cool. Okay, that is Jesse Ziegler. Thanks, Thanks for joining. See everybody. Um, okay. <laughs> What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets the, the high taco 
touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, hour number two, I guess it is, as we like to say. Hey, I'd like to give a big shout out to uh, Martin Hackworth and the Tour of Idaho. I'm wearing the uh, Tour Lives Matter um, shirt today, and I got my uh, Tour of Idaho calendar in here. And if you ever want to be jonesing about- That calendar is rad. Yeah, like <laughs> That every, thing makes me want to ride so bad. Every picture- the pictures are so Every cool. picture makes it so you want to yes. go riding. So cool. uh, single trails are I think, amazing. I think Martin is uh, getting back to doing his PBR Monday um podcasts and stuff where he talks about the tour answers your tour of idaho and related questions all that kind of stuff so um check that out you can follow the actually it's hard i think there's a tour of idaho facebook group but it's pretty hard to get into it and he he, he tries to he tries to limit the uh, limit the attendance uh probably a good idea sometimes because of all the uh craziness that goes on with that but anyways tour of idaho thanks martin I need to do that again. Actually, actually, Andrew Short wants to go do that with me really bad. So I don't know if I want to ride If you with need that somebody guy. to carry along the way. Yeah, I like I like soloing it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Actually, actually, we're, we're going to go. Hey, we're going to go ride adventure bikes on the Tour of Idaho. Me and that Andrew dude. That dude. <laughs> so uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, let's see. I'm going to run over into the uh, question thing uh, chris real good show glad to get a bit of dakar from jesse z nice addition chris real we had a question where somebody wanted to know whether a slot or a hole was better on the small end of a connecting rod so maybe uh if we have to um we could call you <laughs> to get that answer because I, I think it's more than a couple a couple lines so uh hopefully uh We'll turn to experts when we need to. So this is the section of the show where we do rooster endo. This is yeah. where you uh, send us a picture of your bike. You put down a list of the things you've done to it. We Smart. print out a picture over here. Me and, and some of my infinite wisdom that's not really infinite will tell you what we think about the bike. And so who is our first candidate, Jimmy? Sean Paisan. Sean Paison. Pinson. Whatever. Pinson. Okay. Who cares about that? Stuff? So, uh, Logan, Logan is going to get this up on the screen for you, but uh, what bike are we looking at? 2020 KTM XCF 500. Here. So, what you can do is you can relax, sit back, and let that microphone come to you. Oh, hi. Right. Yeah. And then. Uh, so, here we got a massive list of stuff here Mako 360s, BDP radiator, stick guard, Taco Moto turn signals. And uh, tidy tail, those are cool. I think, right? I don't know a lot about dual sports, but so so the, are tidy those the LEDs tail, that go on the so yeah, the, the, for, uh, the upper tube. The Taco Moto tidy tail is basically, um, it's like an integrated. You take off your stock KTM, um, you know, big cantankerous heavy DOT mandated license plate holding with all the light things and you put on a very sano nice little thing with a couple led lights for your turn signals and a nice led tail light that's a little bit smaller that's brighter than the stock one and it even has i'm pretty sure i, I don't know if it's an accessory thing or an extra thing it's got a magnetic attached license plate holder that's actually on a flap i think this may be a secondary thing 
but it's it's part of that you can get it as part of it so, so when you know when you hit your license plate and you usually try to tear your fender off well now the license plate kind of flops away it's kind of on a little rubber strap and then it plops back down and sticks back into place so that's what a tidy tail hmm. is or could be yeah. it either is that or it could be that i it like the turn signals on the are the little LED thing? They're just I little, see? little tiny LED like that wrap from the upper tube of the fork. Is that what they are? Oh no, no, no. That's a different. That's a different thing. Oh, that's not that's okay. A, that's a different thing. But th Taco's got those, right? TacoMoto.co is where you need to go to find out all the answers to the questions you just asked. Because I, I do. I don't. I don't go on there because I have sixty motorcycles, and almost every one of them needs twenty oh, things from that website. And at that point. I will have to sell this house. Yeah. I did find something really cool on there. I can't remember what it was, but it's like a way to make your bike bike into a boat. Not kidding. Sean Pizone is kind of pissed because you're not talking about his bike anymore. Okay. <laughs> Pro Moto Billet Rack, Trail Tech Voyager Pro with a Pro Mount, Moto Minded Epic Light Kick, OEM KTM Wraparound Handguards. Didn't even know they made wraparounds. Have to see those. Uh, I don't take, think they're. I don't think they're OEM KTM. I'm OEM looking. make they make a wraparound OEM. I don't think so. I don't either. You can probably they might be KTM hard parts ones. Yeah, but those are usually just somebody's, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, double take mirrors, P3 heat shield, carbon heat shield, a Cherubis carbon discard, giant loop Fandango, Stegs pegs, Tugger lift straps front and rear, bulletproof designs, swing arm guard. BDP thread bars, Dingo race racing fork guards. Baby's got some guards. TM design fork lugs protection, wheel weights, tubeless front and rear, golden tires, the 333N and the 216 Fatty, KTM Premier rear discard. That must be a hard part. P3 carbon caliper rear guard, a one gallon roto packs, Maha Works EXC windshield. Is this a rally bike, I guess? Got no, it. no, it's it will. It's got a windshield. It has a windshield. It's it's for it's for wind resistance, not for holding the rally stuff up. Okay. So I'm 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 looking at this bike and I'm just going. It's just got everything, baby. Is this is my one question? How come it has the stock tank on it? <laughs> Does it really? It has a stock tank and and the roto pack and he has a tank oh. bag. He has a giant loop tank oh, bag. I'm it looks you. like it. so. It's like. I'm not seeing the disadvantage of taking that roto pack off the back and throwing a little extra capacity in the tank because weight up high and in the back is probably the worst place you can put it. But at least he's trying to keep himself from becoming a problem by putting the steg pegs on there mm -hmm. so he can't fall back onto that, <laughs> onto that thing. Um, uh, th that's But you know what? Here's what is cool about this. I'll bet you this is the perfect bike what kind of light does he have on it i see he's got a headlight oh, it's, it's got a uh moto minded something. moto minded yeah oh. epic light kit oh so that's yeah that's the baja designs lights baja into designs. that into that kit there is a lot of stuff on this on this motorcycle but i'm i, li I like the american flag in the background big big fan oh, like baby. like the american flag but the garage is almost as messy as mine except there's no cat in it so since with small tank and we no got, cat, we got the other discard, we other are, style discard where it covers the whole thing. We're well, at least it's not a big metal thing. No, no, I get you. I get and you. And he has the nice TM Design Works plastic ones and thing. It's endo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Endo. Okay, moving on. 
I just can't. This figure. guy's like Prince. He only has one name. Okay, what's his name? Kyrian. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Give me the picture. There's this picture. You got that, Kyrian? Oh, oh I, I recognize this. Are you sure? I there's a. It didn't take like a few seconds to recognize this. Yeah, it's a TTR, right? A 2011 yeah. FE570S, that would be a Husaberg. Yeah, he, didn't, he, left he, that out. he didn't even write Husaberg down. He didn't even bother to do that. Uh-oh. Had a few mods when I got it, including a subframe fuel tank, radiator guards, shark you know what? That's, that's You know what that's like? That's like saying, I'm religious. Oh. <laughs> and, and you're like, okay, well, what, 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 who, who's, who's your guy or mm -hmm. whatever? Who's your, who's, and you're like, um, I'm just faithful. It's like, well, what's his name? And you know, you know what we yeah, say. Yeah. It's like you, you, you. This is like a higher power, yeah, of motorcycles, and you're not even, you're not even acknowledging. I mean, for all we know, it could be a Zim Zam, or, <laughs> yeah, or, or Himalayan, no, I mean, or Himalayan, or something like that. But anyways, okay. yeah, but I'm with you. It's it's implied. You, it's well implied that you should know. Everybody should know what that is. It's like you should. I I mean, no, nah, I was gonna do something that would probably just get this this podcast completely thrown off the air we just get a plug pulled <laughs> I, well i might have made a gesture and said something like you know something husaberg <laughs> i'll leave it at that because yeah. it's, a, it's a really good idea it would it would definitely get a lot of jokes but you know i've become a little bit smarter in my old age that's right. why i'm gonna pour another shot of tequila so yeah. keep going with all the lists subframe fuel tank which i okay it's called a 70 degree racing subframe fuel tank and they're no longer available and if you have one you're lucky because it extends the range of the thing and if you so have now one, does it have tool fuel tanks you're yeah there's a there's a basically a fuel tank in the subframe so the whole bike is a giant fuel tank which like is kind of chew up some of the but air box or something they're just they've they're just now, like I have them on both of my bikes, they're starting to seep around the, the inserts. They're going to be epoxy special soon be, enough, huh? Uh, yeah, something like that. Radiator guard, shark fin, a chain cable support bracket, Scott's dampener, competition Husaberg mat reflash, seat comp tips, seat, warp nine, cush drive, wheel laced on warp nine blue, bling, front rim, stock wheel assembly, brand ball mounts for double take mirrors or... My enduro roll chart. Oh, this guy. I'm I'm tall, so I had an IMS core enduro down and back pegs, with a bit more ground off from for. Um, oh, so we ground them down to get some more drop. You like that more than raising bars? I didn't hear anything you just said, because I was busy. Um, Thinking of tequila. Pouring a little bit of uh, tequila yeah. and the fact that it's a Husaberg, this bike roosts. You can just put it up there no, right next. Okay. You but, could put it in good company yeah, up there. Yeah, it. It, yeah, not not over. Yeah, can't no, it no, can't no, get no. close to the premium Husaberg. But he's got IMS there. down and back pegs. You like that more than lifted bars for a tall guy? It's a slippery slope. Is it, it? It, it? Yeah, lowering foot pegs is a slippery slope especially for a taller guy that tends to be more of a pendulum. And because you can really get the bike, you know, if you get it to bottom, there's a reason foot pegs are set kind of where they're at and so they don't protect your feet. So they don't kind of get blown off. Um, I, I am a fan of moving foot pegs back a little bit. I I've had really good success with this on other bikes, but not because I was tall. Cause I'm not, I'm perfect. And I don't think I've ever said that before, but I just like to, you know, <laughs> let you know why certain things are the way they are. But Sometimes when you move the foot pegs back, it can really um, affect the handling of the motorcycle. It can it can change the way 
it can I make it, it, can, it can make it more stable or it can make it you know kind of handle a little bit differently so uh yeah um yeah that's a that's a roost yeah she roost. also has a ddc on it sprocket oh, yeah good plug all the sponsors around here because oh. we don't talk about anything that isn't sponsor related on the show you can you should just know that we're completely bought off by the way um Tonight was a Milagro tequila, the Reposado. Sweet. So, in a nice big bottle. It's a good. It's a good go-to. Mm-hmm. Good standard issue stuff. There, Logan tried to. Logan was trying to protect me. He was actually like slid the picture of that bike. So when you're watching this, if you're listening to this, when you're watching it live on the show, we we actually flash a picture of the bike up, and Logan like you know tried to block me so I could, you know, because <laughs> try to keep it off screen a little bit. You know what I mean? Good job. Right. I was trying to I was trying to get my bartender to come in here tonight. <laughs> so, uh, okay, next. Okay, Scott Glimp. I know Scott Glimp. So do I. I don't know, but I've seen him ride. Two thousand eight Honda four fifty X Recluse Z Start Pro Scott's dampener oil cooler fast heads head work with R valves and R cam. PC T4 header and silence, IMS tank with dry brake, pro action suspension. This is a bike shooting straight at the heart of Ricky Brabeck. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they Ricky is a big fan of of this particular uh, model, the older uh Sierra 450X. It's an X, right? It's an X. It's an yeah. X. Oh eight, oh eight, 450X. I like the big number one C. What what class? I, I've is- actually watched this guy race and seen him ride this bike. Yeah, he knows how to set a bike up for himself. You can because he's a big walk. dude. He's a big he's dude. He's a big dude. And it it, it he can. Hey, wait a minute. He doesn't really? have he doesn't have a lowered backed foot pegs. He doesn't have those. Uh, he doesn't no. have high bars. No, no. He can really set up a bike <laughs> yeah. to you can, or for him anyway. Yeah, I mean, no. He's been doing which it is for all that matters, right? He was he was racing back when I was racing. Really? So okay. He, yeah, you could tell. Knows, I, it, knows how to do it. Um. I think this this I don't know was this the bike that they raced in Parker this weekend because my other good buddy Tim Morton I heard no clue. raced Parker and I I, I just kind of glanced at a at a but Facebook I, I do post. know he raced a lot of Best of the Desert Moran yeah all, Vet Nevada stuff and uh, I I I saw a post from Tim that said hey I came out of retirement after twenty years and went and raced a race and I think we did really good. Uh, but I don't remember any of it because I crashed and <laughs> hit my head. And I think he raced with Scott. And actually, if if he raced with Scott and Tim is like a twig, he yeah. he he makes he makes Logan look kind of bulky. Um, Tim Tim Wharton's like a like a you know how like a really frail old man looks. That's okay. that's Tim, um, who 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 rides like probably more than me. Like I rides all the time because mm-hmm. he's doing his tours and stuff like that. Uh, so if Tim got on this bike, he would be like a flag on the back of it. But this is a this is, this is <laughs> compared a, to Scott. <laughs> so, so if this bike got cartwheeled <laughs> last weekend, uh, it's a roost. Um, it's a roost. Yeah, I, no, this, like I said, I've seen that. You've bike seen go. the bike work. It's it a roost. It on it's a good looking bike. It's Ricky Brabeck approved. So put it, it's roost put up there in the roost thing. So what? Scott um, says it was a few years ago with Tim, not this year. Oh, not that was a that was a, a repost of an old. An old race. Is must that, be. Must be. Yeah. I See, that's the thing. It's like Facebook posts memories and like I don't have a memory. So then I just think it's what happened yesterday. Like it shows me pictures of me doing things I did 10 years ago. And I didn't do that. I didn't post that. Didn't on Facebook. tell me I didn't do that. last Yeah. Week. So I need to f- just go on the other 
whatever other app that we're doing it. I wonder if anybody came over from Instagram. Do we get any, do we get any questions on Instagram? Is Matt going to text those over to us or did he start going through a, another bad phase of his uh, um, quitting? He's quitting this job. <laughs> so, uh, okay. What do we got here? Chance McCamish. Chance McCamish. This is a District a 37 race bike and a yeah, checker. He's a checker yep. huh? 2022 350 XCF. Cone valve and track shocks. He probably so bought those from the, Trevor after I told Trevor they were junk and Trevor got the tried to sell stuff. them. Yeah. <laughs> got the good, good. GPR stabilizer. DDC sprocket. I think if you're a checker, you have to run a GPR stabilizer. Is that I think, the thing? I think really? I think you have to. It's it's just when you when you finally you know get your checks, they 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 probably hide a GPR they stabilizer. They probably throw it in there, huh? I was going to say on your body, but they probably hide it in your girlfriend's body, and you're required to retrieve it. <laughs> I like these guys. Yeah. They tried to get me in the club a long okay. time ago. I would imagine. I was a little too straight laced, but they yeah. did little did they know. <laughs> <laughs> little did they know. <laughs> Faster USA wheels. Do you know yep. those? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yep. Yeah. Kenda tires with mooses. Mooses. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting creative. That's good. Here. Yeah. yeah. Solid rear rotor. Is that good for mud or something? That's a so so yes, that's the solid rear rotors are are good for mud. Mm-hmm. Um, being a, let's see, a desert racer, probably not riding in the mud a whole lot, but I've, I've seen guys run those for better, you know, for a different kind of a braking feel. Yeah. And this is something that you can, you can mm-hmm. do. I mean, people don't realize how critical like brake pads and rotors and stuff can be. To, the ends are pretty bitey for a lot of guys, right? Some they're a little cuts, too bitey yeah. in the, the, sometimes the, the slots, increase and sometimes they decrease yeah, um, yeah. the the brake feel it, it a lot of it depends on the material the the rotor's made out of and the pads you're running Ooh. but he could be like a brake dragger and he was warping warping uh the, the, the yeah the slaughter or the whole rotors interesting okay that's there's another another cool thing on here i want to ask you about ims tank and dry brake not that we know what those are cool mm-hmm. honda rear axle Okay, so this is something that I believe uh, Ride Engineering makes a kit for, mm-hmm. and you switch it over. So you know how the KTM's have the um, the the way the axle block is. Um, it's not it's not screwed into the to the axle. Well, this actually screws the axle into the the axle block on the one side, so they're not all. And and people say it makes the bike um, handle better and and mm. and stiffer. It would be stiffer. I, yeah, uh, I, I don't think I'd ever notice I that. have tried a bike with this and I did not notice it. Ah, and I'm, and I'm really you're a pretty feely guy. I'm really picky about stuff. And that was one thing that I just didn't, I just didn't notice, but then I know a lot of racer guys that are running it and they're really happy with it. So that's, that's all the stuff. Okay. S- more things. S by S skid plate and EE hand guards. Yeah, this is this is a very. I I think this bike looks really good. I like it too. I've always liked checkers and the checks, you know, yeah, stuff. And, I, but I've always loved. He's, their, he's got that guy that's going, you know, the checker, uh, the, the logo checker guy, logo yeah. guy. I think that's Al Baker. I think I think that's that's a that's a that's a cart. It was a cartoon caricature of Al Baker oh, back really? in the day. I think. Um, but anyways, it's a good looking bike. I like it. Roost. Roosty that's baby. A, that's a that's a District Thirty Seven Desert. Yeah, she's a desert dogger. It's got some yeah. cone valves and stuff yeah. on there, but yeah, she's still a desert. And dogger. it's got a big tank, so yeah, yeah. I, right, right. I, I, that's the only reason the other one endoed is because the homie's probably fast, right? 
think so. Shocker, I don't know. All these fast guys. Well, you kind of you're kind of supposed to be a certain speed to be a checker, I guess. But uh, thoughts so. I don't know. I don't. Now we got a video. Oh, from, from Eric. That's so. This is all I know. Uh, Twenty eighteen. Send it. Twenty eighteen. Husky FE three fifty. The rear tire is a Ride two twenty. It's like a semi gummy. I got tubeless in the rear and also have tubeless in the front. And this one, I'm running the Michelin Star Cross. Have the Fastway Evo four pegs. I have them in the lower position. I have the little Enduro engineering brake pad. For the license plate, I just cut off the stock one and moved it up a little bit higher. Seat concept seat. Have the JD tuner. For the front sprocket, I run a 15 if I'm riding out in the desert or 14 for tighter stuff. I run a larger filter. Have the Trail Tech Voyager Pro. Scott Stabilizer. The Mako 360. And also their mount for the Scots, the underbar mount. Double take mirror. Cypra hand guards. Cyclops LED bulb, ODI lock-on grips. I have the BDS radiator guards, E-line pipe guard, AXP skid plate with the linkage guard. A rear shock was resprung from my weight and TCS revalved it, sprung from my weight and I have not done any work to them yet. The only thing I've done is added a little more oil. The only modification I did to the exhaust was I just knocked the screen out and I have this giant loop heat shield for when I run those bags. I also have this Polysport side cover. Get back to the, get back to the show. Okay, we need to fix this so I can talk over the top of this guy. <laughs> um, so uh, that's another that's another nicely set up for sure. Nicely set up bike. Yep. The I I got I started getting confused in the beginning when I started looking at his wheels and all the wheel weights and balances and stuff that he had had on there, like how much weight he added to the bike just with wheel weights, <laughs> <laughs> and if they're that out of balance to begin with, um, I'm a, I'm a little. I'm a little worried. Uh, yeah, Matt, we got to make. Do you do that, or to Logan? Logan, you got this is your job. You got to figure out how I can talk over these <laughs> things. And it was it was too it was too long. Can't. Yeah, it, he, knows. he knows it was too long. He said, "Sorry, just a little bit over." Just a little bit over. Did he say that in the video that we just watched? Yeah. Or it was in the email. 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 But I tell you what, I did say on the last show. So if you pay attention, your regular viewer. That the that the first video submission that we got that was 
I just kind of said done properly or, you know, under two minutes kind of breaking some rules here. And I know we had another, somebody else sent us a video, but I think it was like 20 minutes long or something about their bike. I mean, we can all go on and talk about our bikes forever and ever, I guess, because they are kind of like children. So this one, this bike, because of the video, was 20 seconds too long. 30 seconds, yes. It, it was 36 seconds too long? Yeah. Uh, it endos. This bike ah. endos. But uh, what was his name, Eric? Yeah. You are the winner of the Taco Moto 100 bucks. Boom. Yeah. So you can get some more Boom. cool stuff for your bike. Um, I would suggest uh, maybe that Pro Moto billet end cap. Because he, he, yeah, he, he knocked out that. Is that why that guy had a Pro Moto? One of those dudes. Yeah. He, the, he said it was the quiet. Yeah. It stays quiet. It's just a little bit more oh, sano. Okay. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but I knock them out of mine too. That's actually a lot of times. Is it I, a spark arrestor or what? It's just a sound suppressor. Oh. The spark arrestor stays in there. So, um, but uh, yeah, that might be, that might be a cool thing to get. Or there's, there's about 740 other things that you could get off tacomoto.co to uh, make that Husky. Maybe it'll transfer it up into the endo. And, and if you, and if you just cut a few seconds off that video, he actually, it looks like he took time to edit it all together. He strung all those videos yeah. together. What do you think he used? Like, um, like uh, Insta YouTube video production, something or other? He, oh, he, submit, he submitted on, he submitted it on YouTube. Yes. So and almost anybody can do it, even not me. Or maybe <laughs> he used some. Like his Apple iPhone-tography app? No, it was some. Okay, here's here's what we're here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go into uh, chat room roulette questions, but um, not after uh, I mentioned. You know, you know, one of the things that was hot on the internet. I think we talked about this the other night at Supercross. When we were watching. We were having our Supercross watching party. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, we don't talk about any racing on this show at all. That's why we're just completely <laughs> ignoring Supercross. Um, I don't know what happened with Ziegler. That guy snuck in here without me knowing what was going on. <laughs> the car guy. Um, everybody's talking about electric water pumps because yeah. somehow that made the that made the internet rounds. It's the new hot thing. It's like we can forget about ninety degree fuel lines being like a problem on motorcycles. We can just toss out the fact that every TPI bike will blow up no matter what. And I'm loving mine, by the way. I finally own one. I it's, saw yours. So it's mine. Good. Mine's cherry. I like it. It it rips. I'm really happy with it. And all I've done to it is um, uh, half or quarter turn of power valve adjustment. By the way, not recommended by KTM whatsoever, but I did it and it worked good for me. And uh, then just put gas in it and race. Ride. Right. So, but the electric water pump thing hit kind of critical mass this week. So, uh, I kind of did a little little research, and now there's a couple people that are trying to jump on the bandwagon to uh, start selling electric water pumps because evidently that's going to free up some extra horsepower in your motorcycle. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, being a tile guy now, and, yeah. You know, uh, one of the things I had to do is I had you know I was mixing up uh, the the grout and the and the thin set with my with my little spade you know spinning this spade through kind of a thick heavy substance yeah. but then when I go to clean it I put it into the water and I and I spin it 
and I noticed the very little, and that's that thing's not really pushing water, but it does push a lot of water. And sure. it is kind of the same theory. And I'm going, who's buying the horsepower off of this? I mean, who's who's really buying that for horsepower? And I could tell you what, if you're a top team and you've got unlimited budget and you're looking for every single ounce sure. of power, yeah, you you might explore this. But I promise you, there's 10 other things that you could do that could be much easier and more effective, like right down to, I hate to bring this up, but the oil you run could, Chris will back me up on this, Chris Reel, the petroleum expert that uh, I consult with when I have mm-hmm. questions like this. You could choose a different oil and it would make way more difference than converting, adding weight to your bike and more complexity and another point of failure with the electric water pump but here's why i really think certain teams may or may not be running an electric water pump if they actually are it's to it's to keep the engine running at the optimum temperature it's not for the drag reduction because you think about it and and depending on different kind of racing and 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 you know the speeds the motor the the motor may vary and the water pump is tied to the speed of the R- engine RPM, mm-hmm. and it's kind of consistent. It doesn't change that much, but and then and then another thing because I've tested this a bunch, and there's like different impellers and different housings, and then you can go to bigger or smaller radiators, and you can have a thermostat in or take a thermostat out. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do if you actually wanted to control the water temperature easier. You would use a thermostat. Sure knowing that your radiators have the potential to cool the motorcycle yeah more than what the thermostat is going to run mm-hmm. and then the other the other thing and you'll see this a lot with certain bikes is they start tying the oil cooling system into the radiator because where the heat is actually produced is in the clutch so it kind of depends on the rider there's so much going on here but the fact that the 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 these are the same internet dummies that are that I that I see commenting on like the Dakar where they don't really know that much about it, but they're free to just drop a bomb of an opinion. This is where, this is the same thing. And this happens way, way more on, on this kind of stuff. And I, and and I'm going like, it's, it's, it's the new hot thing. So I think we need to just, you know, like kind of, you know, pay attention to it. Like, you know, absorb a little bit more information from the experts mm-hmm. before. But maybe if you're smart, you're already selling this electronic water pump. And I'm going to sit here and laugh. No, I'm not. I'm going to. No, I'm not going to laugh. I'm yeah. just going to be amazed at how many of those things you can you can <laughs> sell. Because evidently a factory team may or yeah. may not be yeah, yeah, no. running this. And the other thing about it is like if you're doing this like an AMA competition, you get to leave your other water pump on your motorcycle because you you can't modify this because it's cases you know a lot of times so i i don't think you're i don't i don't i don't know what the i mean it could just be hollow inside there but who knows what's your take those guys are looking for did you buy one for logan yet (laughs) i mean i mean we 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 need to have his race results improve yeah so so I mean, there's really no, we not, we should leave no stone unturned. Not looking for the last one millionth of a percent out of. Oh, anything. we need to. Yeah, yeah I, no. Logan, you need, tell your dad, electric fuel pump. I mean, electric uh, uh, water pump. Yeah. yeah, and tell him you want a better cam for your two stroke, because <laughs> the internet said that. Well, you know, well, think about the two stroke. Get a hot cam in that thing. 
you know, the same, you know, if they just get rid of the oil out of the crankcase, that would free up a lot of horsepower too. That crank banging around in all that oil. Right. Big deal. That's why Husky, put a, that's why Husky put a reed valve in their four-stroke motor back in the days. You know, Husaberg did it too, but, you know. But get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of that crankcase oil. Yeah. All the, all this, all this stuff you can uh, do these days. Uh, Bob woke up and is now raising his hand. Bob, <laughs> a question from the field. 90% of the power absorbed by the gearbox. 90% of the power absorbed by the gearbox. Is due to moving oil. Is due to moving oil. Yeah. So 90% of the power the absorbed by the gearbox. Let me think about this. Well, but so that's not the power transmitted. No, so if you have 10 horsepower going into the transmission. Yeah. You have eight horsepower coming out. Right. So the transmission's absorbed two horsepower. Right. Transmission absorbed. 90% of that absorption is because of the drag of the oil. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That, that's why uh, most modern stuff, racing stuff, goes to dry sump. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so because the, the, sump, the, the gears to move the oil are tiny compared to the gears in the transmission. So, right. And, and if, if you've ever spun an oil pump gear just in a, in a modern four-stroke... You know, when with you know with the oil pump in there, with oil inside of it, you feel the drag. There's yeah, there's drag there. And if you've ever turned your damn motor over, and and felt the drag it takes to lift the lift the the the, sure. the cam, you know, have the cam lift the lifter or the or push on the bucket or do all this stuff, like there and and this is where teams spend a lot of money and time to determine how to reduce some of those. Yeah. Sort of things, you know how 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 light of a valve spring can we go to to okay. to reduce the 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 drag on this or the the force on this, but then still close the valve quick enough. Yeah, that's why to, a lot of a lot of car, you know, they're using electric, not, yeah. not production well, stuff, but electric valves that eliminate that. You know, yeah, pneumatic, pneumatic electric, and, and yeah, all there is no mechanical drag. Yeah, on that, and mm -hmm. and so there's all different kinds of stuff like. Might as well just take the flywheel off and go to total loss battery ignition. Why wouldn't you do this if you're really looking for drag? Because that 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 drag on the flywheel with the the magneto is a significant force. So sure, you guys just uh, just hold. Yeah, you need a flywheel, but you don't have to have any magnets inside of it. Yeah, you don't have to have any. You don't have to have any any any. You know, um, you don't have to generate power there. Right. So when the magneto's generating. It's stabilizing, yeah, stabilizing the rod to a certain extent, right. stabilizing the crank. It's balancing the crank and rod, but the, it, it, when it's generating electricity, that's horsepower. Taking away. Horsepower sure. is, yeah, exactly. It's Hey, so so back in the day, and uh, you know, back in the day, uh, my my Honda XR80 that I was modifying to win World Backyard Supercross Championships. There was a time when we went to total loss ignitions. So we would just have a small battery and the points in there and no flywheel mm -hmm. on the thing because then it then it went wah -bah, wah -bah. it revs so stinking quick. So like like none of this stuff is new, but you guys just you know, slow down with pounding on the keys. Don't get all excited because somebody posted a picture of an electronic water pump <laughs> on the uh, on the thing. Although, you know, you probably should get one. Because, you, you know, then you'd be the first guy and then you could tell everybody how much more power it makes. And I will offer a solution because I hate to complain without offering a solution. So when your bike is not making as much power as it should, 
the first thing and the only thing that you should do is get a big bore. No, 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 oh, no, no. Uh, turn, turn the throttle fire. Oh, yeah, that. just, there's just that. turn. It's free and it works almost every time. Big bore. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Do we have any? Do we have any other <laughs> questions? Um, I like to say I, I I really enjoy my climb Dakar gear. It's been getting me through the uh, through the winter. Same, yeah. Keep those zippers shut mm-hmm. in the winter. The zippers are closed, my friend. And I got pockets so I can put my phone in there. And the only thing I know how to do with it, especially on Instagram, is I've got you in my pocket. I haven't done a new episode, but I need to. I need to do one on my got new the YZ man. I, the one twenty five that makes the best. It makes the best noise. But I'm yeah. I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna ride my three hundred. And. Oh, that's not bad. my menu 300. You're just going to hear just just torque along and go. Do we have questions? Yeah, we do. Cole Smith, what are your thoughts on the Cush Drive hubs? Do the KTM Clutch Hub cushions effectively do the same thing? Yes. Yes, they do that. But what are my thoughts on a Cush Drive hub? It's it's a it's just an extra thing. Uh, do you need it if you were Hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, if, if you were jumping and landing on really good traction, like on pavement, if you're like supermoto racing and landing on pavement or skimming supercross hoops for like long, like hoops are like the hardest thing. It's the shock and those clutch dampers do, they, they do it. I mean, it, it essentially, it puts the, it dampens between the clutch and the because I'm thinking about like the shock on so that will help with the shock on the transmission. So if you are experiencing some sort of a transmission failure, that could be a benefit. Uh it would be another intermediate that would kind of prevent the, the shock from going through the transmission. But it it just Depends on Break on it. how you're on how you're doing it. You know how, like when it locks up. You know when it when it gets to full power and everything. It would it would it would be it would be helpful. Uh, it may actually be overkill, but uh, I am not an engineer and I don't even play one on this show. <laughs> so next, good friend Victor Andre. Question: Is it possible for the float on an XR six hundred R? To bend out of position after hitting a deep pothole, nonstop fuel overflow, even after hitting the ball with a small rock to stop the problem. So this is Victor. Um, yeah. Victor's our uh, resident uh, Hispanic that uh, that that definitely brings a lot of flavor. We'll call it. Uh, we'll call it. Um, the uh helados yeah man the ice cream dude he was the ice cream dude at the king of the motos victor was that's how i met him um so victor the 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 possibility of bending a float from hitting something you would have to hit something so freaking hard i mean there's no doubt that you could do this you actually (laughs) i could do it too but you could do this but i'm gonna guess that that's not the case i'm gonna guess that the that the, the impact, the bump that you may have hit that started this probably jarred something loose in the fuel line, like a like the fuel line or something in in past the petcock because in because he's talking about what XR four hundred XR six hundred six hundred XR six hundred. So the petcock in that motorcycle has a pretty good screen, yeah, and 
And so so it's not junk in the gas tank unless somehow it slipped by there or that screen is no XR six hundred is long enough to where the it could be cracked. But I'm I'm more guessing that that jarred something loose in the pet cock or the fuel hose. And now that little piece of rubber and or debris is now lodged in between the thing. So what happened is that impact actually caused the floats to go down and just open up, but, you know, not bend, but it opened up enough to where that piece of debris got in between the, uh, the, the, the needle seat or the float valve seat and the, and, and it's holding it open. So the best thing for you to do is pull over, uh, cook a burrito on your muffler. Get a big bore kit. A, a big bore kit would be would be much advised. Absolutely. But at that point, what you can do is shut the gas off. Here's how you fix this. Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some good advice for anybody with a carburetor because I've had to do this many, many times. So um, shut the gas off. Use the, the drain on the side of the carburetor. Or you can lay it over, but I prefer to just stick the flat bladed screwdriver in there. Open up that drain. Take that screw all the way out. Let it let let all the gas drain out of the carburetor, and that'll let the floats fall all the way down. And generally, that's enough to allow that piece to actually pass through. So then you open up the gas and let it flow through. It'll flush it out. Oh, that's a good point. Then flush it out because you're flushing out without doing a carb change or, you know, pulling the carb off. Then shut the gas back off. Put the screw back in. And you should be good. So um, uh, be careful with hitting it with rocks. I know that's how that's the, the the number one tool in your in your arsenal. In your bag. Yeah. So, but but just go easy on the rocks, bro. Okay. Next question. Scott Glimp. Scott Glimp. The big boy. Question. How about Sanders crash on the pavement? Bonehead move. Triple question mark. Um, Scott, when was the last time you rode? I'm going to go with, he was, he was, it was a day after the rest day. So two days in a row, but after riding six days for that long, um, you know, I, I don't know. He, uh, uh, Daniel Sanders seems like a pretty free spirit or yeah. should we say loose screw or just winging it a lot of the times. Yeah. And when I first heard that, I kind of, I kind of chalked it up to, okay, maybe, you know, this is just me being judgmental and, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, beat me up on social media. I don't care, whatever. I, I kind of go, oh, geez, uh, like what what was going on there? But then again, ah, you know what? Yeah. I, I heard I heard it described what happened. It was they were they were kind of like leaving town. He was overtaking a slower car and kind of ended up in the in the the fast lane, which actually was a U-turn pocket. And those rally bikes, the lights aren't all that good. And it was dark. It was dark, it sounds like. And plus, you know, you're tired, you're fatigued, you know, you're you're thinking about something else, you you know whatever and 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 it just sounded like it sounded like a honest to goodness true accident that could have happened to anybody and what do i think about it it's it's tragic and it was funny because we uh, when i was talking with jesse earlier like i you know i'm i'm the guy that says don't make it easier for anybody like i don't want i don't want to uh see that race get any easier but I'm almost to the point now where like screw these damn liaisons, load the damn bikes up in the truck because they're almost that way now, and just take them to the damn start and have a motorcycle race. All things goes on in them, don't they? You know, I I don't know what this adds except for an extra level of fatigue right. of kind of pain and suffering that's undue. And in all honesty, I really wanted to go to South America and ride the Dakar, and I had a couple opportunities to be able to go do it, kind of as a as a 
as a it was they, they, it was it wasn't going to cost me anything. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I was a, I was able to go do it. And you know why I didn't go? Liaisons. Yeah. Because as much as I and I've, grinding, I've ridden right? I've ridden down there before. I've ridden some of these roads and stuff like that. And if you can do it on your own time, at fantastic your yeah. own time, you know, during the day when it's not freezing cold in the morning or it's not dark, uh-huh. they're beautiful places to ride. But I just didn't want to. I didn't want to go ride six hundred kilometers to to go race for one hundred and twenty some kilometers and do followed right. by a couple hundred kilometer liaison. Yeah, I so, get that. so 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 like load them up in the truck or, or make the damn stages seven hundred kilometers long. That's just what I say. Make them, you know, and and you have the ability with the roadbook to be able to kind of like neutralize sections. So so if you have to, if you if just because. You know, they, they want to have just this one racing in one section because it's easy for people to understand. But, you know, maybe they maybe they do race instead of going a 250 kilometer section. Maybe there's of that 200 of his off road and, and racing. And then you hop back on and do 50 kilometers and come come back and, and maybe that'll eliminate it. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sad thing that, that guys are going out on on a, in a liaison, and especially a top rider. And, and um, mm-hmm. you know, don't make the rally easier. Just. Quit, like I don't want to ride street. It's not like it's not like you said. Bike. Just <laughs> it's riding a, to, riding to San Francisco yeah. to race for an hour is is a long way. Yeah, wild. Yeah, I mean it's a wild concept, but everything yeah. about that place thing is wild. Jason Nadler, Jimmy, here's a question for you: Do you use a clutch to upshift and downshift? You know what's funny is I don't that much <laughs> um and and somebody like i don't know i think trevor was asking me he goes hey that ktm has quick shift i go my ktms have always had quick shift. <laughs> don't they all <laughs> and 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 having having experienced like a, a manufacturer introduced quick shift onto some motorcycles i don't like it because every once in a while my foot touches the shift lever when i don't want it to and it does a little bit of a rev cut and I, I haven't ridden the new KTM, so I can't really speak to exactly how it works and what its mm-hmm. function is. But you do not want a rev cut at the top of a lip of a jump that's activated by your foot when all of a sudden you start, you know, doing something in in order to take off and you get that little bit of a rev cut. So because maybe this is kind of where it's going. But no, I don't I don't use the clutch. I, I tend to blip the throttle. I do I do something to, to to blip the throttle. But one of the things, one of my things I do when I test a motorcycle, any motorcycle, is I will rifle it through the gearbox without using the clutch to find out how good the shifting is. And then I'll do it with the clutch to see what the difference mm-hmm. is. So, you know, I'll lay, I'll figure out how much toe pressure it takes to get the bike. So I'm giving away one of my secrets here. So when, um, you know, Insta Bro 270 Moto Journalist 5 uh, mm-hmm. comes on the internet and he talks about, yeah, it's uh, smooth shifting, clutches silky as smooth as uh, what, you know, they're thinking about the wordsmanship, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about. I have a routine that I go through with any motorcycle where I kind of, I'll rifle it through the transmission in a lot of different ways. Full power up shifts, you know, rolling, yeah. rolling it on and see how it shifts. Does it miss shift? Are there any, you know, are there any gaps in the transmission? It's probably not the, the, the most friendly thing to do motorcycles, but they all kind of handle it. And, and on top of that, if you ever wondered like about does oil matter, this makes a difference. Like if you, there's certain, there's, you can tell when a, when an oil is, 
I'll call it slipperier ish, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> with certain, cause I've, I've actually, especially on two strokes, I've noticed, you know, going between a, like I've tried, you know, an ATF before and a, and a motorcycle transmission fluid and a motor oil and maybe a not so good of a motor oil. And then maybe a super slippery motor oil in a, in some sort of a test that I did. And you can notice a big difference in shifting performance based on what you're putting inside of your engine and or transmission, by the way. FY. Uh, was that who asked that question? That was uh, Jason Nadler. Hey, Jason. Hopefully that helped you out. Um, yeah. Tell tell all your friends you heard about it on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Yeah. And then when you're buying new transmission parts, after you try Jimmy's technique, go to RockyMountainMC.com. Rocky Mountain ATV. Click the link in the banner. Yeah, click the link. Go to go to Dirt Bike Test. Click the click the link there, and then and then they have the one of the best OEM parts finders known to man. Your stuff will get there quicker than any other way. And then uh, buy those transmission buy parts. Buy cool stuff, man. Yeah. Enjoy life. Yeah. J Troop Wombat. Probably a fake name. It's too cool. No, to no. Real. Well, it's a fake name, but it's a, it's like, it's, a cool it's, name, it's like an Instagram handle. Like, ah, okay. you, you know, you could have a crazy Instagram handle and I could like, I could like think you're a dick on Instagram. And then and I don't realize yeah. it's just you. I got one of them wild ones like Jimmy. Oh yeah. yeah mine's my name. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Logan Same. doesn't even friend me. That's <laughs> not surprising. Well, when do we just, Ali's question was, when do we talk about the car? Which that's what we've been doing. Uh, that really. would be the first half an hour, the second half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, after the first 15 minutes to the next 45. So yeah. if you, if you skip through it and you missed it, you probably did yourself a favor. Cause like, yeah. Jesse doesn't talk about himself nearly enough, yeah. like, but I do. We'll probably keep talking about it after the show's over, too. But <laughs> that probably won't do you no good. It's, but. it's going on right now. I kind of wanted to go, hey, Logan, flash <laughs> up the who's a live timing. Like, go to the go to the map one. Go to the map thing. Live timing or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, live. Hit live. And then on there, there good. the map comes up. And then you can... Like, yeah, there we go, Moto, and then it's going to scroll. You can zoom in a little bit because that map's a little bit far uh, out. You can you can watch everybody move. Check that stuff out. Look at that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, okay, we already talked Race about Dakar. Fields. We're over. Thoughts we on... don't talk about racing, by the way. <laughs> Why did you even ask that question? I just said, because this guy's name was cool. Jake Troop Wombat. There's other shows that are way name. better about talking about racing than this one. The guy had a rad name. He got me. Flynn825, thoughts on red moto bikes. You know what, Flynn? I'm going to ride one real soon. The hell's a red My buddy Matt Stavish is coming out. Um, it's an Italian company that makes Honda. I'm pretty sure this is what it is. They make Honda Enduro bikes. They make basically, it's like the old CREs. Remember those? Oh, yeah. They make conversion kits. Um, uh, -huh. uh oh, there goes the microphones and the speakers. You can turn uh, those up now. I can turn them up now. <laughs> I don't really want to listen All to right. myself. <laughs> um, so the, the, they make conversion kits for CRFs and uh, really Sano. They make a CRF 300R. Oh, -E. no, no. These guys do make some cool bikes. Red I Moto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So, so my buddy Matt Stavish is wow. the U.S. importer, and he's evidently coming out here in not too long, and we're going to go ride some uh, ride some Red Moto. So I'll be yeah, able to tell I you do know those. Those are awesome. I should get him on the show. He's, he yeah. could, that guy could tell you some stories. We yeah, used to race yeah. the ISD qualifiers and stuff together. He also wants to know what the best chain lube is. <sighs> the best chain lube. Hmm. I... I, did we ever do a chain lube shootout at Dirt Rider back in the day? I don't. 
I know we started working on one and I think it got to the point where it was like starting to become non-conclusive because there was just no way to put like a controlled, you know, any way to, to actually get some, uh, we'll call it objective information based on it. Mm -hmm. Like as far as like, you know, the, what the chain lube is actually supposed to do, like, you know, is it supposed to prolong the life of the chain or prolong life of the sprocket or, you know, of course, yeah, it's going to lube it. And, and cause we, we were just, all, I, I think we did start doing it. We just came to the point where it was like, this is just going to be like who likes what, you know, like which one. There was definitely but, but, okay, some. How about this? Because they kind of generalize it. I've got like for muddy conditions or dry conditions is I know that's kind of generalized. Oh, but he, he is that, that. No, I, oh, that's me. Oh. Would you say it's pretty important to stick to that guidelines? Like say they, they generally make. It does. It does make a difference. Which, it, do, it makes a difference whether you're running an O-ring chain or a non-O-ring chain. Um it it depends on when you're lubing your chain. Like, are you lubing it at, at the track after practice, after your moto, or before your trail ride, or are you lubing your chain when you get back from your ride? So there's a lot of there's so much stuff that comes into play. It's a, it's it's a great question. I'm not going to call it a, a loaded question or anything like that. I kind of prefer when it's dry and 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 like like dusty. I like to run something that's more like a penetrant type oil or a rust inhibitor, like a, like, um, not a, not a, not a wax or not a, a lube, not a grease. Does that make sense? Right. So something like a, like, you know, WD-40 kind of stuff, or, you know, like a penetrant oil, like a toolbox buddy, or, or, you know, uh, most of the manufacturers make some sort of like penetrating lube. Generally works pretty good when it's dry because it doesn't attract a ton of dust and it kind of protects it from the from the elements. Then when it's like you're riding in more dirt, like stuff that sticks to it, I tend to prefer a chain wax more than I prefer the kind of the lubes. The lube. You know, and 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 my MO is I try to lube the chain when it's warm. Like I, yeah, I like your, and, your and, theory and, on all that. And that's uh, out to me, especially before you wash the bike. Like if you can, if you can, if you're going to wash your bike, lube the chain before you wash the bike, because then it prevents the moisture from getting into a certain yeah. extent. And if you can lube the chain when it's warm, it tends to allow the lube to kind of sink in and in get better, someplace. Right? And then, and then the other thing about it is a lot of times if you lube it and then park the bike, the lube can kind of dry and then it's not so it's not as sticky. It kind of, it kind of gets in, moves around, gets to where it needs to go, then dries up. And then it's not as sticky and doesn't attract as much dirt, but the dirt just cleans the damn lube off the chain. Yeah. How much, how much lube really gets past the O-rings anyway, right? Into the, on an O-ring chain, I should say. I, I've, okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you know how to answer that. So, so any... I, I do because, um, with another thing we did to yeah, testing on with some yeah. chains and stuff one time. And so one of the things we do is we started popping chains apart at different hours, like, you know, at, at one hour, at 10 hours, at 50 hours. And, and it, it, it's a hundred percent dependent on what kind of crap you're riding in, how bad it is. How, how, like if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, riding at the zinc ranch, your chain is going to last two days if it's wet <laughs> it, and it's going to, and you're going to go through a sprocket in that time. I mean, it's just gnarly. Unless you're running DDC, then it'll never wear out. Your chain it, will wear out. It's just that gritty or that yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's, um, it's polishing compound or oh, rubbing compound. Oh, there you compound. go. It's, it's like, uh, 
Valve lapping compound. Val, but worse. It's gnarly. Really? But, you know, and out here in the desert, we just run chains and sprockets kind of forever. You know, they. Yeah, you, I was going to say, you can be pretty lazy with a chain out here. Yeah. Uh, but low you, so, so, so you pop it apart at different things. There's a time when the O-rings seem to start to, we'll call it, fail or lose their, lose their, yeah, their, their seal. And then, and then the lube will creep out. And at that point, it's kind of important that you keep putting lube on just like it is on a, on a nano ring chain. You know, if you just let a nano ring chain just run and run dry and always run it dry, it won't last very long. No, not long at all. But so, so the lube does do a, a lot of work, but you've got to keep it on there. So, You've got to you've got to add it and you've got to give it a chance to get in and 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 that kind of stuff. So yeah, quite a bit more work with a non ring chain. Yeah. It and and uh, oh, about the power loss with your water pump. Just put an O-ring chain on there and then that way you'll gain back whatever you you know, you lose back. You, get rid, you mean a non ring chain. But yeah. Well, yeah. Take your take yeah, your O-ring chain. Because O-ring chain gobbles power. right? No, it doesn't. I used oh, to race with them on my one twenty. I just know they don't put them on mini bikes and stuff because, I, I, and I don't know. I, I raced I with them. I had the fastest one twenty five, and it was always running an O ring chain. Yeah, so okay. Once it's warmed up, I think it's okay. I, I, it's not too bad. I won't argue that at all. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next all question. Right, As Bob raises his hand out in the yeah, field, the you're awake. Yeah. The ozone yeah. and UV destroys the. Ozone. ozone and UV destroys the. Yeah. Just like it destroys our skin. Ah. Okay, so next. So put sunscreen on our chains. What about this uh, this um, tequila I'm drinking? SP Does that destroy my O-rings? No, just your my O-rings. Bob recommends yeah. SPF 30 or better on your <laughs> O-ring chain. Flynn825, are the maps really that good on the trail tech? My Garmin shows more trails than my buddy's Voyager Pro. So the base maps in your trail tech are... I would, you know what? I've been, it depends on where you're at. I say it's on it depends road, on where you're road, I've been deal? blown away by where, how accurate they are in certain areas, how inaccurate they are in others, where there were roads that, that there, there wasn't a road, but it was actually there. You know, like I, when I, I trusted it to put me through on the trail tech, sometimes have been, it's been really good and other times really bad. I've had the exact same experience with Garmin, Garmin maps and their whatever base base map they load in. Good things about most of these units. Now, if you're smart enough, you can upload the maps that you want to put into it based on, you know, there's there's you can actually take there's ways you can take snapshots of really good maps that you may have and index them and then drop them into your your thing. So there's. There's options for all of this and it's different on every kind of unit, but I don't, I don't use a GPS like that. I kind of, uh, I, I'm kind of a paper map guy, believe it or not. Still. I mean, I still kind of utilize a lot of, a lot of, uh, paper like maps. <laughs> I like and, paper maps. Yeah. And you know, cause just cause the screen on those things is too small for me to actually, cause I'm trying to get someplace. Uh -huh. And and to 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 follow it, you lose track of where you're at, and then you can't find. Cause you're uh, every, like every time I've ever tried to use one, it just slows the ride down to a point that it's not like. But you need buddy tracking, and then and that's then, and then you have me who always knows where I'm at, and then you just follow my buddy tail, and then you never get yeah, lost, uh, and I and you can stay out of the dust, and yeah, yeah, I don't have yeah, to wait yeah, for your yeah, ass. Yeah, 
Not because you're going slow. It's because I don't want to wait for you to catch back up to go. We're going this way. You just follow the buddy trail. Mm-hmm. We come to an intersection. There's no mark, nothing except for the line that goes the way that you're going to go. All right. Yeah. Voyager exactly. Pro. Trail Tech Voyager Pro. That's what the advantage is on the, the Trail Tech Pro, not the uh, mapping features. Uh, no, that, that not, buddy tracking, that's that's awesome. No. And you can make the maps inside of that as good as you need them to be. But the base maps are subjective on where you're at. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've had really good luck with them. I've had really bad luck with them. Well, there you go, Flynn. Yeah. Last question from Cameron Harris. So you better make it good. What about the dust with mass starts? I assume he's talking about mass starting the car. What about the dust? Yeah. There's no dust when you're in front, bro. Yeah. They're, they're pros, man. They they know how to hey, ride my dust. Bike, my bike, my bike, last time we did a mass start was a... Uh, a BMW 900 RR, and I think, oh, actually, actually, the last stage I ever rode in Dakar, I pretty much got the freaking hole shot down the beach yeah. in Senegal. Yeah, and proceeded to go and break my collarbone shortly after that. Thank oh, you very much. Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, get, uh, yeah, it, it the, the dust, it, I don't think they would do it in an area. I think they should choose it because they have a lot of sand stages and stuff. You know, I don't think it would be a big deal. It's no different. The, than the money behind that thing. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I guess when they you can ha- have a good start with sand or even they can water a mile of it. Right. Yeah. But then you're going to still like it. Like if it's a dusty stage, if it's in a dusty area, it probably wouldn't be the ideal place to do. It's whatever. There's thousands of races that start like that. Yeah. The How, pros, they're pros. They figure it out. Right. However it works. They'll, they'll, Exactly no, figured no. out. So we have any other questions floating into this thing, Logan? Um, I see some other comments over here. Um, they're talking about KY Jelly. This is this is why you don't want to be in our chat rooms, uh, by the way. Um, Victor thanks us for uh, his, <laughs> his awesome suggestion. And... Uh, and Dave says he's been lubing all wrong. <laughs> Do not use KY jelly. Use moose lube. You can use it. Most but use the, use the moose lube that you get from one of these manufacturers and don't use soap. Use Do extra not. moose lube, right? You yeah. can't put too much, right? Yes, you can. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like yeah. a too, nice drippy wheel, man. Yeah, yeah, the drippy wheel's fine, but it's better than too little. Just, you, just use enough. You don't need to go overboard with it. Um I, you know, and it, it also that same thing. If you're if water's getting in there, it will kind of you know wash it out, wash it out a little bit, and the heat can cause the lube to get absorbed into the mousse and cause some degradation. So uh, that's it. Um, Garmin two seventy six with bird's eye satellite view. It shows everything. Um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what the funniest thing oh, about that's, that's SFB. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is I remember when my buddy Dave, Dave Donatoni, was on the show last week, listened to episode, I guess it was 124. Um yeah, uh, Dave had had a because Dave's about as yeah, he's a little off the technology compared to me. He got a he got a Garmin Montana and then he handed it to our buddy Peter, who did all the loading of the track logs and stuff like that. And Peter loaded some nice pictures for Dave in his boy Garmin Montana. So he didn't have maps. He had naked ladies. He had oh <laughs> Peter was too nice. Yeah. Peter put naked ladies on Dave's Garmin Montana. So it's like, Dave, 
where are you at? And he's like, right here. <laughs> Going over the big devils. So, everybody, thanks for joining in. I'd like to thank uh, Yamaha, Takomoto, Scott Sports. I've been wearing the Scott goggles, the transition lenses, which have been awesome because we've been having a lot of cloud cover lately. Yeah. And so when the clouds go away, they get dark. And when the clouds come back, they get light. And I see the same all the time. Those are cool. Yeah. Climb, like the Dakar gear. Uh, Climb is sponsoring the Dakar Daily podcast. Uh, check that out for the next couple of days if you're into the Dakar Rally, if you're watching this live. And if you're listening to it next week, we hopefully uh, it was an interesting race and everybody gets home safely. Uh, DDC, makers of incredible chain wheels. It's called a sprocket for those you don't know. Trail Tech, the Voyager Pro, which you've just talked about, and Bulletproof Designs. They make radiator guards, rear disc brake guards, and guess what else they make? Uh, Logan just got a uh, thing to change his oil so you don't have to take the skid plate off. Really? Bulletproof yeah. Designs makes this? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know it's, about uh, this. You kind of New throw product. the bike on its side, pull the drain plug out, run it in there, you know, and it just then stay on the bike up. Pours. Oh, oh, I got it. So it's a, it's, it's a, like it's an a eleven dollar part that'll a, save you quite a bit of time. It's a drain plug extender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I hate a good name for it. I, hate, I don't even know what they call I it. I hate but. taking skid plates off. I yeah, no, it's not fun. I don't like skid plates that inhibit my uh, oil changing capability. And and then I've also and, learned and they, to, almost everyone I've ever does at some point bit. does a little bit. Yeah, it all is pools. Well, like, it pools up just enough between the frame rail uh, and the skid it plate. It drives you crazy, right? Well, so you drain it and it seems like it all goes out there and then you and then you roll your bike back into your garage and then straighten it up and then it leaks in like yeah, where did that oil two come? Two gallons from? somehow fall out of there. I get <laughs> two, it. You get two gallons too? Yeah, it feels like it, but <laughs> when you're wiping it up. Um Costa Rica Unlimited, check out their tours if you want to go get out of this world and go into another world, go check out Costa Rica unlimited tours, uh, fast company maker of the flex handlebars. They'll be coming on board really soon. Thanks to Cole for reaching out on that and, uh, support dirt bike test by um, clicking through our link on Rocky mountain, MC, go to the website, our website, dirtbiketest.com. There's lots of information there. Trevor actually posts stories up on that thing. Yeah. I used to do that all the time too. Yeah. yeah. Trevor's doing. When are you going to start writing stories for us, Logan? I hear you're like a whiz with the the the, the written word. I'm as good as writing as I am speaking, so <sighs> don't expect. How about some math saying. problems? Huh? Math problems. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good there okay everybody uh we will see you next week same bat station yeah same bat time yeah we'll probably plumb this through the electric water pump by next week or um, a big bore you're okay we will with that we'll see you on the trail cheers see you guys